listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. You know, I'm so elated, overjoyed, and grateful, you for it. I want everyone to know it. If you're hating this, go show a slap a smile on my face that'll blighten up the whole damn place. Scoreboard, I'll take you. Come along. Tell me how you ever stepped out on half baked dreams, fed 50 left niggas with the. 50 little niggas no 50 left niggas <laughs> with the fish on the streams i made it i suppose her grace is overflowing i'd be a goddamn fool if i took all the credit see the power running through me all i do had to do was get out my way shoo shoo short circuit short circuit doors turning like six flags gate was the time they were shutting my face but i ain't complaining i ain't conniving i ain't complying unless it's got time to turn up the base baby i'm praising i'm crazy come on over honey give me some sugar come on sugar give me some honey put it right on my tongue so i can get back to the money <laughs> hey welcome to the black guy tips podcast your host rod and karen and we are live wow riding karen riding i'm just i'm just trying to soak in you know you're just your your beautiful speech you know thing you doing there oh uh, that's the earth gang y'all know nothing about that earth gang Earth gang? I don't even know what they say that, but Mm-mm. Earth gang, man, y'all need to get on that mirror land. Y'all sleeping? I'm just telling y'all. Okay, I need to get on that then. My bad. Shit is a beast. Okay, I know. Yes, Jules is the one that put y'all on, but don't let that stop you from loving these two brothers. They are dope. It's um, Earth gang. Earth gang. All one word. Mm-hmm. That was a song. Um, Blue Moon. I love that. I love that song. I love all the songs, really, though. Um, but yeah, so we're here for a feedback show it's saturday morning this means it's time for us to do all the responses to the things you had to say anything that you mailed us anything you emailed us anything you wrote on our website five-star reviews on itunes and stitcher i'm talking about we're gonna read it and comment on it all we are uh if you guys leave voicemail 704-557-0186 we're gonna take time out and talk about those like we're going through the whole shaboing boing we're doing it all for you right we do it all for you and we appreciate y'all to take the time out to do those things we're also going to shout out the people that donate to the show which you can do at the blackguywithtips.com on real vip um, yeah vips mvps mvps mm -hmm, the same people that uh you know lead the five star reviews and all that stuff and uh you know support the show in all different ways but yeah one of the ways is by giving us money go to the blackoutis.com on the right hand side you can go ahead and hook us up with some with some uh with some dough we appreciate that and we give you a shout out for it and we even you know have music for it and just like church you know you know people and they want their shout out mm-hmm. you know uh so here you go guys all right let's let I dedicate this song to recession, depression, and unemployment. This song is for you. Today's a new day, new day, new money. Jonathan H. hit us with that donation. Our boy Mr. Span of the Span Report podcast hooked us up with that donation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff M hit us with the, uh, hit us with the donation. That's Jeff with a G. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about a tweet he sent me about Arby's. Anyway, Corey, <laughs> <laughs> Corey B with her donation. Andy S. Uh, J4, the homie J4. Calter H. Thank you so much, Calter. We appreciate you for coming through with the recurring donation. 
um and then uh my phone's got to load okay all right let's see about the next one and uh anybody wanna come hmm, all right take your time take your time iphone uh michael w hit us with that uh recurring donation appreciate you mike looking out for the show okay i love you and um and uh the wire early days of photography mccole f appreciate you marvin b yes marvin b candace h thank you very much candace asian d uh asia d asia d totally different <laughs> than asian d uh solana s thank you very much two different meanings right justin j uh chris Shell, the official ben simmons hater of the show uh-huh. nerds in luxury those luxurious nerds they have a podcast as well if you guys haven't heard uh yvonne m thank you uh adam s Annie p Annie, are you okay tom w jr michael s oh the homie bomani jones appreciate it thank you for the birthday shout out on uh, the right time uh nicholas z thank you very much laura e benjamin c noel w miss hathaway rita may c and that's everybody that's a lot of people even though i've been here for a while i smile smile it's so hard to look up when you look down i sure would hate to see you give up now you look so much better when you smile smile for me can you just smile for me into the five star reviews we got a few yay oh itunes we got one on the regular show i got five on it ow is the title of the five star review by fro 2008 who says great podcast for a for at work brings enough funny to keep me from flipping my desk well we don't want no desk flipping no desk flipping then you won't be at work you'll be at jail uh love Roddy karen's infamous puns and live for every time karen says come on i need a sound bite of that to help me back to help back me up anytime i have an argument appreciate the work these two put in come listen and give and put your five down thank you mm-hmm. we appreciate you putting the five down okay we know that uh you know it's a struggle for some folks they don't always look out they don't always have time or the inclination but you come through and hook us up with the five star review uh and then we got one for the spoiled movie review uh podcast feed so if you guys don't know i know we don't mention it all the time i get it but uh the blackout to spoil movie reviews is on uh on itunes and and stitcher and stuff um the thing is it's always a little bit behind because you know we have the paywall premium stuff and keep that up to date but you know we like to put the month like the reviews for like a month or two ago out on the feed and then you can hear you know all of them and they're all out there by the way except for this the last month or so and then you know and i guess in two days i'll be putting up the uh reviews from august so uh anyway we got one new five-star review it's from angela Danell who says tbgwt hugs me oh 
as a black woman in a majority non-black workplace this podcast has helped me to fortify against innocently expressed anti-blackness i sometimes turn up the volume just to block out the nonsense it has also helped me to recognize and challenge the various biases that were ingrained in me growing up in society i mostly think i'm an open and accepting person who just wants everyone to be lo- looked at as human beings but then the show will have a discussion and i'm suddenly recognizing a level of anti-blackness or transphobia within myself this podcast has hugged me sheltered me affirmed me educated me challenged me and entertained me oh it has also knocked some sense into me when i started to have kids these days moments i mean kids really don't need to know how to how to read analog clocks if digital clocks are everywhere i love how rod doesn't tap down his empathic nature but rather leans into it giving a different and mostly cool head of response reasonable perspective karen's passionate no nonsense expressiveness is great as well thank you thank you i appreciate that man um i was at the basketball court today talking to a black man about uh um you know just the way we grew up and the things we think about sex and shit like that you know and (laughs) i made this analogy and these dudes didn't want to hear it but i think they kind of came around to it this is a weird one so follow me but um justin and me you know we like we we was making a joke about how uh he was gonna hug this dude when he saw him yesterday Mm -hmm. and uh the first time he tried to hug the dude the dude was like man get off me man and i was like see that's that toxic masculinity scared to get hugged i said nothing wrong with a little love or whatever right right?" and so uh one of the dudes like man you could dap hug me but don't just hug me or whatever i was like yeah i said because we need a little bit of violence i said because when you dap hug somebody what do you do you grab you grab their hand off your you pull them in <laughs> right you bump them with your elbow and then you hit them on the back with your other hand i said what's wrong with just a straight up hug i said is it too much love? Ass hug. so so then they said uh they was and this, and i really do mean this it's a joke but it's serious i was like well if justin i said justin wanted to come up to you and hug you your first instinct was like no right and i don't think you should like have to hug anybody if you don't want right. to hug me you don't want to hug them Great. i mean it, it, this is mostly a joke observation but i'm just i just want people to think about it for a second if justin walked up and hugged you or tried to hug you your first instinct is like i don't want in be, be involved in this hug right you would never like a lot of people they not everybody i mean i would return a hug you know um if a stranger walked up and tried to hug you most people go uh you know but i said if justin walked in and punched you in your face what would you do and they both immediately said i punch him back in the face and i said isn't it funny how we condition without thinking instinctually to return the hate like it's like snap to it like it's i said a stranger come in here and punch you you first thing you're thinking is i'm gonna punch him back but if a stranger came in and hugged you your first thought is not to return that that love because we're like what what is this what is what's happening right now some stipulations something gonna happen yeah so it was just you know a different way of thinking and they they were like they was like no that's different and i said it is different i understand like you you think you're defending yourself i said but how is that punch not like why is the response in us conditioned not to return love so so readily we're all conditioned to fight we're all conditioned to protect ourselves but to return affection in a non-threatening way is so like foreign to us that we don't even we wouldn't even put in the same category as just a conditioned response i said because i said you don't have to return that punch Mm -mm. i mean you someone could walk up and and slap you in the face and you could not do anything you don't have to but our response is not to think about it it's just oh i gotta you you punch me because i said we violent 
there <laughs> i did the demonstration of the the handshake hug i said this is violence bam 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 like i'm like it's love but it's, it's also aggressive yeah it's love but it's also us hitting each other so it, it was cool um anyway just thinking out the box uh then we got a couple five-star reviews on stitcher uh smile with me says five stars this is from 20 hours ago uh the five stars are not enough to express how amazing oh it says favorite podcast the five stars are not enough to express how amazing this show is i have been listening for over a year now and have been hooked since day one this podcast is amazing and you can tell the hosts really give their all to provide great content for their listeners hands down one of the best podcasts thanks for everything rod and karen thank you thank you and lastly billy m says great podcast uh also on stitcher excellent podcast all around great especially for long commutes and desk jobs yes and that was uh one of the things uh we talked about when we went to thrive talks um Mm -hmm. i had a wonderful time yeah we uh we so we told you guys that we were going to be talking on a panel at thrive talks uh in charlotte um some of our fans showed up that was really cool we took pictures with everybody put it on the gram you know facebook all that stuff um everybody was really cool like we had the dopest fans you know we do even our fans were like funny and stuff and um we uh had a great time on the panel great time i really had a great time talking to them right you know talking to people about their podcasts and stuff um now they didn't have a mic set up they didn't really have a good audio like recording situation right but karen being the uh dogmatic genius that she is she just started recording with her iphone so we do have audio but i just want to tell you the audio quality is not very good no that being said um we're gonna i'm gonna put the audio out there for people so if you guys want to um hear it it'll be at the end of this episode Mm -hmm. so you know um understand the audio quality is pretty bad it's not uh like this ambient noise i tried to clean it up as much as i could Mm -hmm. um but you know you know how that goes guys um it's cleaned up pretty well but it's still not i it's not gonna sound like this correct correct so if you know i understand if you got to turn it off but i know some people like to hear us talk on these panels and Mm -hmm. hear our advice about podcasting and uh some of the situations we run into and uh you know we talked about advertising we talked about um you know the keys to starting a podcast the keys to uh longevity and stuff and you know i don't think you can hear every question uh mm-hmm. i really should have repeated the questions after they said it but that's uh you live and you learn with that right uh but i know one of the questions that we get asked all the time um is like how do you do a podcast with the person you live with your wife and i mean what do you do the days you wake up and you just hate each other's guts and you gotta do a podcast and i'm like i have never felt that way i'm not trying some of y'all i'm like god damn y'all hate y'all spouses because yeah i mean i hate to be like that some of y'all wake up like i want to kill this motherfucker y'all don't might not need to be together it's more than you know you need to be worried more than the podcast yeah it was he was intense i was like y'all you be wanting to i don't know like and then but then that's funny though because the one couple they do a podcast together it's like we just argue on the air and stuff and i was like it's authenticity like right if, if y'all can ha- handle an argument or two y'all kind of debate go back and forth in your regular life and y'all do that on the air and that's healthy for y'all that's, that's healthy mm-hmm. like is everybody got a different stroke you know like it, it, you don't have to be i would never argue with my wife for entertainment but at the same time you know if gen- if your genuine conversation is sometimes y'all have a little tiff 
and people like that and you like that and you think it makes the show good good for y'all mm-hmm. and as long as in my opinion as long as it's healthy because you know sometimes it could get to the point where it's unhealthy where you know we've been listening to podcasts for years we don't see people get together get married get divorced right. and all kinds of shit over the years so you know you can slowly tell over time oh oh no 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 when this mic turn off y'all still mad like and that anger rolls over and like it ain't no joke yeah i don't even get get mad uh uh at, at much stuff like that anyway or people mm-hmm. like that in general but you know I, I, I am a debater like i'm a spirited like i will debate a person i'll disagree with a person i'll make my jokes and stuff but i don't know like i i just never like and i like you said we've heard all kinds of podcasts but when i hear podcasts with couples that argue a lot a lot of times i stop listening because me too i just can't take it you know it's just not my thing and so right. but i get that there's some people i mean shit they've tune in to us and been like y'all don't argue enough so Especially when we first started i was like y'all niggas gonna fist fight for why, why for your entertainment no nigga yeah and also i mean you have to get used to someone's rhythm like correct you could be listening to us and not really understand the show and then you come to realize over time like oh this is not that kind of show they're not putting on an act for us Mm-mm. uh all right we had comments on the website on the episodes 1962 the return of the reviews felix says hi y'all felix here just to offer a little bit of context on what i said about the brexit stuff how i understand the situation to be is basically our prime minister asked the queen no wait to prorogue what is that prorogue mm-hmm. parliament i don't even i gotta look this word up dog i don't even know what this means hold up i gotta google this some special over there yeah this must be some english shit discontinuous session of parliament okay all right so discontinuous session of parliament all right the prorogue i i should have looked at the pronunciation too right uh so the so the house of commons would be stopped from convening so he could try and force through whatever his people were going to try and do and make brexit happen on their terms and without the opposition party being able to challenge them i don't think the queen can actually go against the party in power in cases like this so she did it and our democratically elected mps weren't weren't able to do much until recently when some mps were able to get the high court in scotland to get the ball rolling on overturning the situation and the supreme court ruled it unlawful it was a pretty intense week but at least now we've established you can't just basically shut down the government and force stuff through like that right right it's a pretty obscure law that i think in general it's an unspoken rule not to go about business that way but what you gonna but what that but what you gonna do it's been a very overwhelming three years since brexit vote and all you ever see on the news is non-stop brexit talk yes yeah, kind of like trump here yes we are they y'all looking at us and we looking at y'all it's a complete deadlock because the vote was that close that the arguments feel like it'll never cease just got to take the small victories and try to be vigilant no matter how soul-sucking and saddening things are right now i may have a few details off but i think that's the gist of it i try to only check in a couple times a week otherwise i'd be so drained all the time we're a mess too y'all haha felix out yeah Yeah, felix we get you yeah i actually was talking uh to a dude this morning about like because he said he don't watch msnbc and i was talking to justin about it and he watched the news either he was like because you read all the articles and stuff for the show i said no i don't watch it because as a content creator i'm analyzing what's happening on the screen and what like i don't watch media the same way a lot of people watch media and i'm not i I try to but i it's hard when you on the other side and you're you're responsible for creating media right because then you start seeing these elements and like okay so this is how they do this this is what they want you to feel and i'm Mm -hmm. like the news is now such a like it's so much about making you feel constant 
panic and that the mm-hmm. only the only place you can go to feel better is the news which is actually just increasing the constant panic correct you know and i said look at um in our lifetime how news has changed i said now it's 24 7 news channels that's they're competing right it didn't used to be like that when you years ago when you went to the news you know what y'all what y'all went to news for motherfucking facts now with tmz and all these other things that have came up that actually has the they've gotten to the point where they're quote-unquote considered uh, credible news now the news is starting to fucking mimic these people and a lot of times on some of these other platforms they don't give a damn about facts and figures and shit they be wrong and so the news is almost starting to take their wrong shit and pump it out so it's like oh damn be facts be damned it's like no i turn to the news for you to tell me who what when where why and how all of a sudden this that shit don't matter no more well i that wasn't my issue i wasn't talking about whether it was factual or not i'm not like msnbc to me is not a a channel that's not factual like they they tell they're they're not just making shit up fox news lies but i said the thing i'm looking at is uh on the media consumption side when's the last time you turned on the news and there wasn't a scroll at the bottom telling you breaking news constantly i said it used to be a time where breaking news was reserved for major things that just happened you know something humongous you know like oh the challenger crash breaking news breaking news was we're gonna break into what regular programming is on tv because you need to know this news this moment that's what breaking news used to be if you turn it on msnbc fox cnn all headline news there's a constant scroll at the bottom breaking news and now it's not even like events it's somebody said some shit right somebody tweeted some shit somebody yeah posted some i'm not even talking about tweeted no i'm saying like someone like the it's not the actual event that happened it's oh okay uh, okay so and so said this i you know i told justin i said imagine if you know obviously god forbid but imagine we're in this ymca and someone just shoots up a bunch of people right mm-hmm. right now i said okay you turn on the news because you want to get information that breaking news ymca got shot up right mm-hmm. i said what are they gonna do though they're gonna stay on this story all day they're gonna put a guy outside with a camera and a microphone he's not gonna know anything Mm -mm. he's not gonna really be able to talk to anyone who knows anything like the police or whatever it'll be hours before there's actual information how many people were killed correct who did the shooting is the shooter i said so then they're gonna report a bunch of speculation then they're gonna bring on like panelists and experts to talk about guns in america and to have debates about stuff but i said none of this is actually news Mm-mm. i said the only news was that something happened and we don't know what i said now you can sit and turn on your tv for four five six seven hours never getting those answers because those answers take time and actual reporting and actual facts and all that stuff but they start the story at we don't know shit and so i said you sit in your house and you st- i said now what do you feel feel paranoid you feel like i should never leave my house i should never go anywhere these are the only people that are going to give me information and tell me to make this world make sense and i say we're just i say it's all make to make you feel small paranoid and like you can't change the channel you know and i say and that's before you get into the super subliminal shit of how they use flashing Mm -hmm. signage and propaganda and lights and stuff to Mm -hmm. keep the like fox news is infamous for this like they try to hypnotize you into sitting there right you know like it's really deep like people Mm -hmm. they use certain colors like like they studied how the mind works 
and so some of them get real good if you're not paying attention you got scrolls on the bottom you got scrolls on the side you got yeah. scrolls it's, it's literally sound some, effects somebody talking and scrolls fucking floating all around them and it's sound effects uh um, yeah you know i i laughed at one time at this thing because it was and it was it was the news but like they were talking about oil prices and they were like okay so you know oil prices are going up and then they cut to a scene like in another news part of the room in studio and a guy had an actual barrel that looked like an oil barrel and then he was it was like making a graphic out of like like i'm talking to what i'm talking as this oil barrel is to my right and prices are like this that and the other and i'm thinking to myself like why the fuck that's not news you could have just told us the news you didn't need a fucking prop and that's the point is but it's entertainment now so they're selling commercials it's ads like it's more than that so yeah i I was like yeah this stuff it fucks with you and you know it's always breaking news and that's why we end up feeling so powerless or hope hopeless or so angry and agitated or depressed yeah and also truth be told you can tell when you talk to somebody and they consume a lot of news just period they just consume a lot of it just talking to them the way they talk and the way they respond you'd be like uh, nigga, nigga do you get out of your fucking house like goddamn or, or, and now the thing online is that the political pundits and the like you know sick uh cyclical black activists uh in all these like internet circles are starting to break out of their fucking uh you know to hatch out of their eggs like uh cicadas um you know coming out of that like 11 or 13 year cycle or whatever like they're they're starting to come back to be like okay so now that the primaries are heating up it's time for me to say the same hot takes from 2016 come on 2015 let me go back and and remix it up a little bit right it's it's the same you done took you done took three four five years off uh during trump's era and been a lot less vocal and a lot less out there you ain't been in the streets Mm -mm. and now and now it's time you know to do this you know fox news ain't been calling you msnbc ain't been wanting to put you on tv and all this shit but now that the the election cycles heated up these niggas are back with the same stale takes from 2016 right and so all this stuff can be overwhelming because it's like you're watching the machine do its work and right all the people want to get be a part of it they want to talk about the election they want that attention for their social media they want to uh you know like oh i gotta get my uh my youtube page popping again i gotta get my podcast back i gotta get my uh, i'm gonna be on instagram live all of a sudden it's like okay so people are going to go and fall into place because they have forgotten that these motherfuckers three years ago didn't know what the fuck they were talking about and now we got to go through this shit again and so it's it's kind of like all of that stuff is part of the news cycle and it can be draining and that's one of the reasons you have to turn it off yeah you have to turn it off you have to tap out a lot of times and like i said it's wash rinse and repeat and that's all i see and you know sometimes you feel like a lunatic where y'all go i know i do sometimes going don't y'all see this shit this is the same shit y'all know we're gonna get the same results if nothing changes right we're gonna get the same fucking results and everybody just act like you're a fucking lunatic yeah i'm not saying they don't do good work i'm not saying there's no one with their heart in the right place i don't know these people like that but Mm -hmm. i do know that the overall effect of that news cycle on and offline right and the people giving the hottest takes is that it's draining Mm -hmm. and this is how they make get their attention and how they make their money so guard yourself man guard yourself hey morrow since you brought up the our blackface scandal i just want to give a little context on canadian politics ya hoser <laughs> by all accounts justin trudeau 
was a broy rich white boy who came to social consciousness later in life i don't say this to diminish his actions but i do believe that he regrets his stupidity i will most likely vote for his party the liberal candidate party of canada i certainly won't vote for the conservatives the right in canada likes to infer that it's not as far right as american right but they ain't slick while health care is enshrined in our charter of rights the current conservative party leader has made statements in the past questioning abortion rights and pointedly avoiding all pride parades most party leaders make a point to attend at least one pride parade he also courted some alt-right elements in terms of policy i prefer the ndp new democratic party they are further left of the liberals and their leader is brown he is a sikh named jagmeet singh uh unfortunately they are running less than 20 percent in the polls while liberals are 39 and conservatives are 40 i would rather give liberal the liberals my vote than split the left vote right that's always the black people man we so pragmatic that's always the fucking thing right because we are gonna that's the thing them white people that's that's um voting super liberal and shit know that even if the shit hits the fan they gonna be straight we won't right lastly i still fucks with justin because of his daddy i probably wouldn't be in canada if it wasn't for him when he was prime minister in the 60s and 70s he championed multiculturalism he believed that canada should welcome immigrants from all over the world not just europe one of the ideas he promoted was that immigrants can be fully canadian and still keep the culture of their home country thanks to stuff like that you can see nike hijabs all that to say justin trudeau should eat a dracarys for that dumb shit but i'm still going to fuck with him on election day emil yeah and that was one of those weird ones because uh you know we're doing fucking with black people but sometimes i just know enough to know i don't know everything and i don't know that dude and his policies like that and i know Mm -hmm. he's a prime minister of a country so that means something fucked up is gonna be about him because you represent the whole country no country is good Mm -hmm. so you know i just and i i just know how i feel here in america and i i i'm not i hope i don't get kicked out of the black people car but i'm almost i'm kind of over the blackface controversies you know like it's kind of like blase at this point like you know unless you're doing like and i'm not saying all of them i mean like the old ones like he did this back in 17 years ago or five years like i'm kind of like i guess like I, I, what else is it about this person before we get to that like what they mean, was he doing blackface today and, we might can have a conversation like blackface is like the baseline now isn't that sad but it's right. it's really the baseline now i'm like so what else about him he calls somebody nigger oh, right okay it's also like weirdly being weaponized by republicans and shit or, mm-hmm. or conservatives and i think a lot of democrat liberal progressive type people are so short-sighted they're not they're not very smart at strategy they're they're smart at like they like well i shouldn't say they uh i'll say a lot of the ones online they don't they're not very they don't have long-term strategy they have very Mm -hmm. short-term like this is the thing that will get me attention today but they don't have like but what's the goal down the point down the it's 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 why people say shit like well if i can't have bernie i'll vote trump or i won't vote at all it's though it's that type of mentality because it's like yeah i'm short-sighted this gets me the attention today if i can't get my goals and everything i want today i won't work towards anything Mm-mm. and that's kind of the scary part about all this shit so with with the blackface controversy you have to look at the bigger picture of like oh they want to take a democratic governor off of virginia that's what the real point is it's not about whether he did blackface as michael jackson in 1985 i'm not even mad about that i don't give a fuck Mm-mm. 
you know and i and and you when they interviewed actual black voters in virginia they was like we don't give a fuck we're not giving up a fucking democratic governor on some like 1980s principles like fuck fuck this dude but he don't need to lose his job just and fuck and then fuck up the rest of our state so that y'all feel better on twitter fuck that come on uh have you left us a five-star review yet was the poll yes no but i'm leaving one right now and no because secretly i'm a terrible person um the the the, the poll shocking seven one percent of y'all said yes six percent said no but i'm leaving one right now and 23 percent of y'all said no because i'm secretly a terrible person that hurts you still got time you still got time you can make mm. up for it you can repent uh shady dane says one of the pills are white people problems i can attest to the fact that doctors are more likely to prescribe pills to white people about five years ago i was having a raging pain in my period out of with my period out of nowhere i've had two kids and i can tell you that the pain was comparable to labor i was complaining to a white friend about the pain she suggested that i see a gynecologist who gave me a standing refill for percocet and oxy for her in my mind run-of-the-mill cramps i made an appointment saw the doctor not only did she not write a prescription the bitch had the audacity to tell me to calm down that it's all part of the process she even ran tests to make sure that i didn't have any venereal diseases completely clean by the way cut to a few years later it turned out i had fibroids and endometriosis and in the end i had to have a partial hysterectomy to treat my disease so while i had a serious medical condition i was looked over for the medication while my pill head white friend was basically given all the pills that her medical insurance could handle this is why pills are a white people problem and i would be willing to bet that there are more beckys addicted to pills than anyone you know our societies love stopping white women tears at any cost don't they i feel you shady dame um mm-hmm. and that's really what i think is uh emblematic of a lot of why white people are the ones with this opioid addiction mm-hmm. shit we get underdiagnosed and under medicated i'm sure there's some black people that deal with it too and don't write in if you're one of those black i like i get it that this is speaking in general it's a generalization there's always some nigga that can't wait to volunteer to be the nigga that's doing the other <laughs> shit like well this is white people stuff <laughs> i'm addicted to pills and i just want you to know i listen to your show like we get it not but in general it seems to be a, affecting a lot of white people in a way um but and it, i wonder if that's where it starts lakita says just co-signing shay my best friend was had had horrible abdominal pain uh has had several surgeries including hysterectomy and has had issues with scar tissue reappearing she's a heavy set black woman so instead of offering any relief she's usually told to lose weight the last time she was at the doctor she could barely talk and having trouble breathing they ran tests and told her nothing was wrong but she needed to lose weight she started to cry she started to cry and urinated herself right there her daughter had to help her out of the room and two days later she's in the hospital in a medically induced coma and breathing tube she woke up from her coma at one point and pulled the tube out breaking her two front teeth i forgot what her illness was but they performed surgery and sent her home with no meds again and two broken front teeth this was a year ago she's still in pain had two broken teeth and they they and they send her home in pain all of this and her white co-worker is selling her percocets that she got for her painful periods when she was subscribed two years ago basically we're worthless to white doctors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and not to get off topic for a lot of women particularly black women when it comes to pregnancy and birth and children that's a lot of more our children are born stillborn a lot more of us have complications have uh, sco- uh scar tissue and shit like that um due to these uh same things you know black you know you hear stories about black women there 
in the hospital giving birth and all of a sudden that nobody's listening to them the doctors won't up their medication and all types of of just ridiculous shit that 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 happens because they're like you black you can quote unquote handle the pain yeah there's doctors who think we have a higher threshold for pain and everything and all of it stems from slavery and racism come on uh you know they did fucking experiments on black people with uh stds uh syphilis to see just what uh syphilis or gonorrhea just to see what the fucking effects are the tuskegee experiments like yeah this is uh the shit is well documented and it still affects us to this day kim doc says these stories lakita and shay told are heartbreaking my homegirl had her thyroid removed which regulates hormones so her estrogen levels have been an issue for her she has fibroids that need to be removed but she also had his own blood thinner so surgery is very risky their option was to give her a hysterectomy which she is uh 35 years with no kids she refused at the time she recently had a ton of hospital stays um where they could not give her a full diagnosis time and time again fast forward to august of last year where she collapsed in the walkway of her apartment untreated fibroid made her develop blood clots in her lung and she had to have open heart surgery to remove them scary as hell in my opinion uh wholly unnecessary she could have died on the table she's doing better now but why do we have to go through this give us equal and adequate care it's sad right because it's white privilege coming back to haunt white people that doctors are medic over medicating them but then you don't want to be on the other side of shit either where you're under medicated yeah you're constantly under uh cared for it's it's just uh, it's just all fucked up man so <sighs> all right then the ex- next episode 1963 megan the capitalist because she about to trademark hot girl summer and i'm here for it i just like pointing out the the irony of the we don't like capitalism but we root for the people that we like in it so Mm -hmm. it's funny i don't like i don't know if you can't see the humor in that suck my dick (laughs) stephanie says stephanie says hooray i found you guys again thanks to hbo one day i was browsing for new podcasts i stumbled onto you guys i listened to an episode but i never saved a pod or liked it and by like they mean favorite okay, right so 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 that you could look, yeah. get it again i could not believe i did that i listened to a lot of pods until game of thrones i just remember karen's laugh and i screamed that's them i added Aww. you guys immediately thank you for the pod the last few days have been really anxious about my job i could barely eat the white folks are really trying to get me out of here i'm on a three-day suspension and i don't even know if i have a job when i go back because hr is not speaking to me the pie has been helping me so much man i I was gonna you know i don't know what happened i just hope you're in the right okay right i was about to be like what the fuck but i don't know it's like i and all i did was cut that white bitch in the face <laughs> i mean damn i, I love hope, y'all podcast i hope you in the right baby yeah uh p.s fantastic hey look everybody is the protagonist of their own narrative come on you know what I'm saying? everybody so, hero their own story i'm gonna just say you in the right and i uh, hope that everything ain't work out p.s fantasia has no business giving anyone relationship advice and she was sued by the wife of the man she met and had an affair with at t-mobile if y'all remember that crazy oh yeah we talked yeah, about I remember it that. a long time ago just because you have a dangling participle between your legs does not make you a leader thanks again yeah yeah fantasia was on some some other shit man i i don't understand why people feel so compelled to step out of their lane to like advise people on how they should be married and shit like what who gives you that authority like 
I understand speaking for yourself. Like this well, is how my marriage works. Right. This is I what can't makes tell you what works for you. Yeah, because uh, I can get that. I can. I can. I can actually get behind some pretty, as long as it's not abusive. Like, but some pretty reductive shit when it comes to relationships. If you say, "Well, this is just how me and mine work," I'm like, "Well, if y'all can sit in adults." hey everybody hey. in the grants no, nobody's doing anything uh, against their will and no minors are involved yeah if that's what you know i can get behind some shit that you know i generally am like i wouldn't deal with that but i get it but th- this shit where it's like yeah, let me tell y'all ladies what we need to do sisters well, first thing you need to do is submit to your man it's like who, who why why don't you have songs to sing come on man uh aj or aj says or aj i'm not sure which one uh we didn't have zap but we had louis the lightning bug who did the electrical safety in texas oh okay this must have been something that was regional yeah yeah because duke power is regional uh now that megan has trademarked heart girl summer are we canceling this capitalist yes it's over for her or no get that money honey get that money honey well karen is with the 93 percent, but i'm with the seven percent go burn it go socialism it's feeling the burn we about to get it back y'all we taking it back cooperative economics no one we don't need no more billionaires and millionaires i'm sorry megan you should only make twenty five thousand dollars a year for what you do nope get that money honey and and in fact put a trademark on your titanium knees Mm, well seven percent uh the artist agrees with me uh amber says i'm sorry cam but i gotta agree with rod on this in addition to socialism summer i'm a (laughs) socialism summer yes i'm a i'm a uh, i'm gonna need sensible susan to also make some fire music for woke winter fair fair wages fall and spring sing against capitalism come on amber i like them titles that's what we do it's socialism summer okay uh really dark knight says as i voted in this poll i see the 92 percent of you negroes are in that get that money honey camp and y'all claim to be progressive she out here getting a white man's money Mm -hmm. yes sir getting a white man's money as my mentor killer mike says y'all ain't woke y'all ain't woke Mm mm-hmm exactly wakanda everybody had guns they sure did (laughs) y'all really think that uh someone sent me a uh you know someone had sent us that video like what y'all gonna talk about ti and uh candace owens and killer mike in this panel and uh i you know i was dressed on the show that i'm i'm not Mm -hmm. i don't don't have that much respect for their opinions but um uh then i seen on twitter like yesterday ti was doing a podcast with uh alex jones Mm -hmm. the conspiracy theorist man who harassed the sandy hook children families and smiling and dapping them up in the camera and i said i just posted that that whole thing again like yeah somebody really asked us to talk about ti killer mike and candace owens and i said nah and then i just posted a picture of him with alex jones like this why you can't take these niggas serious everybody would a dick and a microphone is not a black leader or a black fucking thought intellectual person like they just a person with an opinion and there's no have your opinions i can't do anything about it but elevating them to a place where we gotta fucking consistently like let like uh recognize that they're speaking for all of us fuck no that's that nigga's opinion you know 
killer mike like y'all picking the best master that's what it's really about okay so what's your bernie sanders infatuation about is he your master too get the fuck out of here like stop 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 being bombastic and be real for a second uh last episode of the week was 1964 fatal attraction uh we had a good time on this one guys Mm -hmm. this episode had me dying says icy at work because y'all's description of fatal attraction episodes was dead on i spent the rest of the night watching bootleg episodes on youtube with a glass of moscato it was great come on did you get some wine and cheese too you know uh, the other thing i forgot to mention oh wait i think i did mention about fatal attraction but just it bears repeating yo you know it's a black show because this shit don't got no schedule y'all Mm-mm. i just, just had come to come on whenever i set my dvr to just record first and reruns anytime all, all the time because who the fuck knows you just wake up three months from now and it'd be like oh three episodes recorded on a random tuesday weekend like tuesday uh afternoon like for some reason yep and then you turn around again and be like we recorded at 3 a.m on a wednesday morning the fuck you have no there's just no rhyme or reason to the shit it's ridiculous um so yeah i spent the rest of the night watching bootleg episodes on youtube with a glass of moscato it was great also y'all are right about that postmates homegirl lawyering up because i'm a lawyer and that's exactly how you set up to come up oh yes can you say you can tell by that language can you say emotional distress anyway thank y'all for getting me through another whack-ass day at my whack-ass job this one had me in more tears than normal thank you thank you yeah i've been really thinking about the show i mean obviously i think about the show a lot and i'm the one that kind of plans the itinerary of the show but one of the things i've been trying to do is be a little more silly and get into a little more fun um some days because some days are tougher and you know i do feel we have a you know kind of a responsibility to kind of talk about certain things on the show and not skip them and avoid them right because there has been times where i thought about this shit ain't gonna be funny and i don't know if i need to break down like Chappelle special but then i'm like everybody saw it everybody gonna want to know what we thought mm-hmm. but yeah. then there's some days where i'm just like let's just have fun and be done and dumb out and mm. and even with some of those shows by the by the end of the show it's laughter yeah absolutely oh we i don't think we've ever done a show well not ever but i don't think we do shows that often where it's just not funny like Correct. it's always funny on some level but you know sometimes i've just been trying to be more conscientious of being like yo let's just have some fun fuck like fuck this shit man like that's the one thing they can't really take from us really dark knight says if you like pumpkin spice i have zero issues with you however if i find out you brought pumpkin spice spam sorry i'm gonna be viola davis giving you the side eyes i pick up my purse and bounce peace i wish i could have got some of that pumpkin spice spam sold out i'm just mad at y'all niggas for lying like oh we hate pumpkin spice oh it's sold out in hours uh yeah i'm actually eating some right now fuck you <laughs> e- eve says arby used to have a pumpkin spice shake just saying first of all i know you probably lying because i know they got that like what is it shamrock shake or some shit y'all don't even have that but let's say <laughs> let's say they did have it okay they got pumpkin spice shakes at arby's congratulations no commercials for it because they just tell you they had a meats <laughs> all the com- they got the meats. make a commercial about the shake and maybe i'll fucking go there i mean shit 
anyway <laughs> keep in mind she says this stuff every week but evie is <laughs> never taking a picture inside of an arby's all this stuff right like it's like the online people that's like super woke but they don't never it's like it's, it's you'll like, never see them out like, nowhere are, are you real do you right. know your house right <laughs> just because you got an arby's anime avatar don't mean you love arby's it's just just because you're on a 4chan thread about it uh the poll was have you ever taken out a payday loan yes or no because that's the name advertiser on them fatal attractions karen mm. i'll answer for you yes we have <laughs> <laughs> you had to hesitate yes we have it was i forget what it was called what the fuck was the name of that place it was like we had to put up like the car um as collateral i forgot the name of that place does that place even exist anymore no right it was like maybe city something whatever it was, it was. man them laws it was so dumb y'all it was so ridiculous and what happened was that i think we ended up getting the wreck and we took the money from the wreck ended up paying the car or paying them off for the car yep yeah mm-hmm. i think that was a part of it but yeah. i can't remember the name of this place dog it's old it's like now they call something else but it no it wasn't just a title loan it but i mean it ended up being a title loan but it wasn't just a title loan it was like we wanted the loan and we didn't go to like a bank and right. the loan was you know essentially for us to do some stupid shit man like i think i did my two rap mixtapes mm-hmm. with some of that money and yep it was so dumb man like my studio time right plus we was broke so you know you uh, yeah we shit were broke, for like, broke for like rent and other shit mm-hmm. but it, it was and like it, high interest right. short term it was for a few thousand yeah yeah so it was so bad man and then if, like we was gonna use it to consolidate credit at first but mm-hmm. it just, turned into something else. yeah it just didn't help man so it was so stupid and so bad but um you know um have you ever t- uh so yeah we we are in the 29 percent, 71 percent have not shout out to y'all shout out to y'all lakita says uh it's a dark feeling to need a payday loan because the borrowing loop that you find yourself trapped in is real yes we were so thankful to get out of that if if we hadn't been for the car right. getting crashed right. i don't know we would have got out of it right and that's what happened the car ended up getting like crashed the total loss we ended up getting a new car but we had enough money and the money was enough to pay it off we was right. like let's pay this bitch off right that was probably the, the start and of us getting out of debt right, right. there or it, getting out of a lot of it right it was like one of them things that we going like look we don't need nobody leaning like literally leaning on you and your money yep so um and uh see i'm thankful that i haven't had to do it in years but i wouldn't knock someone in that position me neither me right because i understand because for some people a flat tire or your car needs the the changes and shit like that can end up being can end up being a roller coaster ride for you yep so it was uh it was it was some real shit so i was tps i was supporting rod's rap career yeah it was like hustling flow you know i was like get out there and get me my money from city financial or wherever it was called and uh that's what we did mm-hmm. and then i put out some whack rap albums so. <laughs> some people liked it you ain't did a show yeah some people did like it but you know uh kim doc says the payday loan earning app advertisers on youtube are so predatory it makes me sick to my stomach every time i see it 
yep and I, my thing is when they get celebrities to do it i'm like martel williams what you doing in here right and he been doing that shit for years now magic johnson don't 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 do this don't do this baby uh Kiyoti says hey Ryder karen no i never took out payday loan but i did begin a job as a car salesman just to get immediate health insurance i aged off my parents policy and got the coverage the day it started prescription inhalers and yes i helped myself to multiple samplers too hated the job but loved breathing Kiyoti yeah i feel gotta do yeah, what you gotta do now they to the point where they would you know they want to stop the children being on there like 25 26 like when i turned 18 they was like bitch you got to get off the insurance like law. well now you can do 25 26 right right but back then you probably yeah. couldn't do it like you turn 18 it was you was motherfucking on your own shout out to obama come on uh helping people uh keep that kid let their kids get some health insurance a little bit longer right because i i remember that because that was my first time actually i actually literally had to go get my own health care and that shit is confusing them adults so you know it's confusing for 18 17 18 year old trying to figure out what insurance to get what policy to get what do they cover your percentage your copay you don't know nothing about that mm-hmm. at that age you're just a baby okay you don't know nothing yeah and and then on top of that you know they got to check you out then they were like you got to wait 30 days i was like 30 days bitch i'm on i need birth control the fuck of 30 days right i'm gonna be out i'm gonna be fully pregnant about 30 days <laughs> i need to hurry up stop bullshitting blue cross blue shield all right um we got a couple voicemails let me see if i can play these for us uh 704-557-0186 is the voicemail line and uh just make sure that two minutes or less or you will get cut off 704-557-0186 hey rod and karen this is tammy uh i'm wait i was listening to you guys i'm way behind i'm on episode 1950 and it's uh karen's random thoughts about is she talking about that flock of birds that she wasn't fucking with I just wanted to say, Karen, I am a thousand percent with you on being suspicious of birds. I don't fuck with birds. And people look at me like I'm crazy, but but I just don't fuck with them. I don't trust them. One time, a, a flock of tiny birds, just like, they didn't attack me, they, but they all flew in my direction at the same time. Um, and one of them hit me. Uh, when I was a teenager, I'm okay, I'm fine, but I don't fuck with birds, so this hit me on a deep level. I just wanted to let you know that you're not alone. Bird racism is, as far as I'm concerned, the only acceptable racism. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, fuck birds. And that's it. I love you guys. Uh, bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. I'm glad I reached somebody, because I just thought that was just me. The only birds I trust is in a plate. Okay, come on, cook the birds. Um, but yeah, I think um, it's just funny because uh, she's like, yeah, people think I'm crazy. I don't fuck with birds, and I'm like, it, wouldn't people really think you crazy if you did fuck with birds? Like, if you was walking around with just like birds everywhere, like on you, or you know, constantly like we look at those people like, what's wrong? What, is that a bird in your hair? What are you doing, man? <laughs> you need to talk to a professional um so yeah um 
and after albert hitchcock's propaganda movie the birds i mean the only birds i trust is in my plate you know what i'm saying player uh i trust them with some texas peat. I, I i i trust them drenched in uh flowered and fried mm-hmm. yeah i touched them with a little bit of ranch hey, Rod on the side. And Karen, i just wanted to touch base with you guys this is outstanding wc calling from brooklyn bk in the um, house I just wanted to comment on episode 1692. Like you, Rod, I am not upset at Justin Trudeau's uh, blackface. I mean, I'm a black American, uh, so, uh, you know, black and brown Canadians may feel differently. But uh, in any event, it's just, it's exhausting. Uh, Should white people not do blackface? Of course not. But, you know, it's just, it's like, at this point is exhausting and i i really <clears throat> can't even be like too mad about it i mean it's just like okay you know let's get all the blackface pictures together and do a competition so we can move past that and like actually deal with like more harmful racism not saying that blackface is harmful um and also about the college student who did blackface uh you're totally right she has all the right words to explain herself but was it sincere we'll never know and uh please keep up the good work with the episodes and oh yeah happy belated birthday thank you um also you know keep up the cephas and reese uh renditions of guess the race and fucking with black people i mean it's just like delirious fun and i think like you're kind of overtired sometimes when you do that but i love it um anyway thanks for the good shows and uh have a good one uh thank you um and yeah it it is kind of um uh you know i I mean first of all thank you for the birthday shout out Mm -hmm. but yeah you know it is a lot that i put my heart and soul into those uh (laughs) riffs on uh guess the race and i don't never know when it coming so a lot of times when you look at live my face would just change what the fuck is this yeah um and yeah man i i don't know the only thing i promise to do is get on this mic and try to be honest with people you know and you know being honest means sometimes uh, sometimes fucking with black people shit is i feel like the wave now is to always be constantly on edge and be like i'm always bothered i'm always mad i'm always i'm never giving an inch on anything and while that that may be the popular thing to say you know to get attention i don't think it's really the truth Mm-mm. for the lived experience of black people in america i think a lot of us are like yes this is annoying but it's not like i'm not ready to like fucking march over this right and it's almost like the older you get the more life experience you get and i'll just start the more you realize how fucked up white people are and this is kind of just it is what it is people just don't want to admit that it is what it is so you go okay but like you say let's talk about the real issues and this right here is not that i'm not mad i'm always mad but it's on the bottom it kind of ranks lower versus voters suppression versus you know the laws to lock people up like that's actually higher on the list than this goddamn blackface and we just don't talk enough about how the same way i just talked about the news i added in a little bit of the online element with different people's personality stuff a lot of what they do is designed to keep people riled up too right because it's how they make money how they get attention and how they you know go viral and shit and you have to be aware of those motherfuckers too i'm not saying it even comes from a bad place or even that they're aware of it i think a lot of it 
it's subliminal but you have to be aware of the fact that if certain people don't matter unless they're making everyone upset or point or it's pointing to a thing that makes everyone upset like look at this thing y'all i'm so aren't we mad and then that's how they become important to folks is oh yeah we're all mad you pointed out the thing you know and i and that's just something i can't help but notice and because i just think i fully had enough time to analyze the effect of social media on us and on and it doesn't and it's not no one's immune to it so you know i I wish people would have more honest discussions about that but it would really take time to analyze ourselves and how we've changed in the last 10 or so years since the advent of social media since everyone kind of got on it yeah and also uh to kind of go back to what we were talking about before the older you get you pick and choose your battles you know the younger you are it's like every everything is kind of almost like new to you so you respond at 100 percent on everything but the older you get and you realize life is too short to be on 100 all the time you be like oh no no nigga i gotta live a life i fucking die i'm gonna die being angry anyway because i'm black in america but at least let me enjoy something the fuck out of life like i can't be and that's why a lot of times the the youth and the older people have a disconnect sometimes because a lot of older people look like okay i'm glad you got this anger go out there and get it but i choose to be angry about other shit that you don't really actually consider important at this point in your life yep so um for some reason my computer is having an issue with gmail coming up but i have it on my phone okay um so i can just go from that but uh sorry uh because there's one email where they sent us a link to a youtube video Mm -hmm. and i can't play it from my phone so i'm sorry about that um but i believe it was what's my man kev on stage um who follows me on twitter we follow each other um he has a podcast uh i think it's called the righteous and the ratchet um but uh yeah i believe it's him and he's talking about um uh dating and like what women have to go through dating now and and, uh leslie said i thought this might be a great addition to your discussion on women dating and what's expected from who pays but this takes it to a whole nother level watch ladies is day is dating really that bad this bad in 2019 on youtube so if it loads on my computer i'm trying to trying to do it then i'll play it but if not i'll just uh, i have to skip it and go to to the other emails no problem rebecca says episode 1963 hello my two favorite podcasters rod and karen um uh e6 karen you hit the nail on the head with this yes less than 20 people have died from e6 in the last five years but what you are not hearing is that the products these poor unfortunate souls were using i.e vape juice mods were either sold in the underground market other country or the mod was tweaked beyond the manufacturer's recommendations big tobacco was not on the ground floor of vaping the first lobby attempt was to get it regulated by the fda this was hurting the small business of vaping so some small businesses combined to meet the standard that the fda required because this is not a cheap process this was not enough for big tobacco because they now see how popular they are and want in Mm -hmm. now they have to shut it down and take down all other businesses competition so that they have the corner to to the corner market much like they do with cigarettes Mm -hmm. we all know what kind of chemicals are put into cigarettes now the question is what are they going to put in the vape juice the they going to make this addictive as well most likely and the fact that cadet bone spurs uh (laughs) fame's concern tells me that he's been bought and paid 
by big tobacco they must have spent a small fortune as at his country club to get this mm-hmm. my husband quit smoking using e-cigs and vase and it worked like a champ for him but he researched the fuck out of it before giving it a go and this whole mess hasn't worked up because people no longer take the time to research information themselves they just run with the latest headline are you as you are all well aware of anyway i just wanted to let you know that can that karen couldn't have been more correct in her assessment always follow that money girl thank you for another wonderful uh production have a beautiful week Cecilia rebecca m thank you thank you baby uh firepower says just a note to say hey rod just taking some time out to say happy birthday man may you see many more you have been an inspiration to me all these years i've laughed i've learned i just want to say thank you enjoy the rest of your birthday man can't wait for the next pregame balls esports nigga only only niggas fireworks oh <laughs> yo thanks fireworks man you always coming through with the uh good word and you always email in uh mm-hmm to uh and leave comments on uh pre-game sports and balls esports and i don't just want you to know uh that 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 really is important to us and stuff because the show behind the paywalls you know it's all about the real fans so would y'all respond and let us know that y'all listening that y'all enjoying it uh it just lets us know that we're on the right track man so Correct. i know you always write in i appreciate you uh megan the capitalist episode 1963 rod and karen this episode was so good to me i had to write an email you all quoted that statistic about the first time sex being molestation for many women unfortunately i fall into that as well as i was sexually molested the first time at five and over subsequent years was used as a child prostitute by my mother until i had to have my first period at 11 wow all this happened in the 70s when all the laws that now exist were unspoken i care that's why i'll never fucking yield to the like the me too movement too powerful are we getting too is it a little too much you know Dave Chappelle's whole like the me too movement brought back uh that's why abortion is getting very illegal like i like that kind of shit like we can't go back on these things and i know that there's a lot of people that will tell you like everybody shouldn't get out to vote if you're black you it should be okay if you don't feel like voting and all this shit or if you but i'm like what that's like telling a person that's drowning it's okay if you don't feel like swimming you know like use all the tools use all the tools if it's not gonna make any difference then why are they keeping you from trying to keep us from doing it you know and i and that and i can say that and at the same breath hold two thoughts and be like it ain't our fault trump and them one it ain't that we ain't trying our best or doing our best but it's just weird to see people who advocate for that shit then turn around and be like but uh i'm gonna just make white i just want white people to vote and i'm gonna be i'm gonna use shame on white people but never on black people i'm like nigga if it it doesn't work or does it not work so my whole point is like we can't go backwards and a lot of the tools used to push us backwards are political tools and a lot of those times we put it into the hands of people that we know are against us brett kavanaugh is a supreme court justice because we relaxed in 2016 right he should have never got that fucking office because people you know because people want to do shit like be upset about the me too movement or women finally having a voice or assault victims finally uh, assault survivors finally being able to speak for themselves now we want to pull this bullshit um yeah and it was you know i understand people like to say is no things are you never been worse than they are today and stuff but no it was worse it was worse i don't think people understand that it was fucking worse and it can always go back uh i carried a horrible secret until she died then found a therapist to talk to when i did i was introduced to other women who lived through similarly horrible situations the freedom to speak truth about yourself is one i cherish and will fight to preserve for all thank you for providing a place to be heard as well as to listen 
uh love you too from los angeles sister lola peace blessings and joy thank you for listening thank you baby obviously you know sorry that, that happened to you mm-hmm. you had to go through that but i'm glad you made it through that that you still right. here a lot of people don't that you were able to get like therapy and talk and counseling and and find other people that you could identify with that had that experience and because that tells you how common that shit is it's so common and i and like sometimes i worry about covering that stuff on the show because i know that you know the super woke liberal shows always like you know trigger warning people can't handle talking like this and stuff i mean we put it in the show notes and stuff but at the same time there's always somebody out there that just can't wait to be like upset about some shit but i mean if it's upsetting it's because it's upsetting right if it's like the shit needs to be talked about and we talk about it so it's either this or ignore it or put so much fucking bubble wrap around it that it's that it becomes pointless of talking about it and so we just talk about it like real people would talk about the shit but you know i hope that's one of the vestiges of the show when it's you know like people look at it when it's all said and done and be like yo they really did talk a lot about how common sexual assault was and why we need to debunk the narratives around it uh and, and reframe the idea that you know it's just women trying to trap dudes or you know women complaining because they regret sex later and shit and talk about stuff like people's first and we're just getting some of this research we never had people's first sexual experience being sexual assault and what numbers that was right we now have that so it needs to be out there and we need to talk about it um nita d uh aka recognized taste okay i know her from twitter hey girl mm-hmm says fatal attraction greeting to my fellow favorite negroes i had to stop and type this email at work because i am laughing so hard at y'all recap of fatal attraction i too love watching that show there's <laughs> a lot of us out here it's a lot of, i know so many of us fatal attraction heads i just thought it was just just a show that came on and me and you liked i would do a spinoff podcast on it but the shit comes on once every quarter i mean right we don't never know when it's gonna come on oh we gotta do 12 episodes this week I'm like okay and then none for 12 years uh literally watched the episode last night which this dude killed a woman that was pregnant by him he was so stupid because he didn't have to do it they both agreed to waive his parental rights he didn't want more child support to be taken out of his check so he killed her i think i remember this doesn't make sense at all of course he was the only suspect right they and that's the thing they try to throw you it's not like snap like snap and some of these like true crime they'll try to throw you off with could it be this person mm-hmm. maybe it's that person with this one it's like even when they introduced the other people it could be you like it ain't them Mm-mm. there was a man walking down the street they wondered if it was him it wasn't him, it wasn't him. you it's, know it was jarrell him you knew it was jarrell when we introduced him in the beginning okay as soon as we said she met him coming out of the planned parenthood clinic come you on knew. <laughs> she met jarrell a nice young man who would help anybody as he was walking out of the krogers i thought jarrell was doing something for himself mm-hmm he was a good kid i don't know what happened you know when two people meet outside of a kroger's a lot of times it's people within your own community that you find kinship with and that's how a lot of people fall in love thanks dr jeff here's your check all right bitches (laughs) i'm out (laughs) time to go talk to stevie J. uh anyway uh uh (laughs) of course he was the only suspect these niggas are so dumb the story that blows my mind is when the killer actually burns the body to get rid of evidence so wild they never think about the dental records the actors are so trash but i do think the casting crew does a good job trying to get lookalikes for the victims don't they though mm-hmm. them niggas are like they could favor every time i'm like mm, you could be his cousin yeah oh the other thing i will say though 
even my ones for me are when they go through the tr- trouble of getting rid of the body and it's not the dental records it's the phone yeah they they cell phone always ping off of where the fuck they at one nigga killed a girl and was like i was like at home asleep or something whatever his alibi was dog they had they followed this phone ping and then they found then they like saw him like at a grocery store or something at two in the morning on that side of town so it's like all his alibi gone like all like dog you don't know how phones work <laughs> leave your phones at home um i hate when the experts state obvious facts oh yeah that's the it's, it makes me laugh but it is really bad that they get paid for that it's comical at times or sad overall anywho love the show as always keep up the amazing work love needed dak to recognize taste oh thank, thank you. you i you know i i'm and this is like no shade to anybody i don't keep up with who listens to the show unless you use the mm-hmm. hashtag or reach out to us and talk to us about what we talk about i never know who mm-hmm. listens so. and we don't take it personal yeah i know all. i follow her on twitter but i didn't know or i must have forgot that she was a listener so thank you for listening fantastic podcast uh this is a five-star review from canada hey from september 25th dear rod and karen thank you for providing an insightful and humorous take on the news and everything in between you to our amazing hosts and i especially love the fact that while you may share different views on the subject or may even share the same opinion but from different underlying reasons you listen to each other and explore every facet of an issue my favorite what are you segments on the show are guest the race and sore ratchetness the intro to sore ratchetness never gets old never i started listening to you guys thanks to dim thrones hashtag and loved your takes on every episode i raved about your show uh to all my game of thrones loving friends to check on the podcast too i'll try to save your our, your podcast for my morning commute to the office i can't tell you how many times i caught myself smiling and chuckling myself on the train in my head you two are my friends and if you're ever in toronto i'll be more than happy to take you to around and show you the best of my city with love from canada vivian oh thank Aww, you we ever get up there we appreciate you vivian and uh all our canadian all our canucks who listen uh we got quite a few mm-hmm. canadian listeners so thank y'all uh monique says joe biden is lazy as hell what the fuck uh, 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 he really like i he's said the bare minimum he's like, like I said, below the bar i will absolutely vote for him if he makes it out the fucking primary the same but but i'm mm, not mm, i'm not looking forward to it okay like mm-mm. and you know what it's gonna be man i guess yeah you know because yeah. he used to be girl i guess man, i'm guess I i'm guess. with joe i guess I'm that's with what joe. it's gonna be Wow, but yeah he don't he is really not good at this i no, don't understand hey Ryder, karen you break down bernie in a way that is succinct yet powerful thank you for that have we ever seen a lazier and sloppier candidate than joe biden he can't i'm sure we have seen a worse one i will say that but man not with the lead i ain't never seen nobody this bad with the lead Mm-mm. like he could literally coast if he just wouldn't stop fucking up well, elizabeth warren need to get this nigga up out of here like please everybody that's 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 dropping out of these polls and being like oh i can't vote for the blasio no more i hope they go straight to warren because it can't be this nigga it can't be everybody keep thinking he gonna beat trump i'm like unless he gonna punch him in his face during the fucking debate he's not going he to gonna, beat him joe, he gonna be making fun of this nigga do you understand how roastable joe is right he's very roastable trump pays attention to all this shit now does he get under trump's skin yes of course he does because he's a straight white man and trump doesn't respect anybody else that's i get that but if you let this if you think he's not he's gonna win a battle of wits 
on stage with a motherfucking clown he ain't Mm-mm. now i'm not saying that the base will determine who wins the election or not but i'm just saying there's this idea of only joe can do it they'll get face to face and he'll like win this battle with him i'm like nigga he gonna be like you don't remember shit you stupid your son it's gonna be comedy hour for trump right your sons be fucking around because he ain't nothing's off limits mm-hmm. for him he gonna talk about his son dying right like people keep thinking it's like some some just, ah, fuck it all right um have you ever seen a lazier sloppier candidate to joe biden he can't debate he can't answer questions about his record he can't punch back he doesn't study anyone's policy he leaves 15 to 25 seconds on his clock anytime he's asked a direct question he rambles like archie bunker he can't give a speech without a racially insensitive gaffe uh he can't stop hugging president obama when it's convenient and then dipping out when talks turn to their immigration policy okay well there's two things i want to take issue with here and i'm not saying that um you're wrong about them i think you're accurate but two of them are smart leaving 15 25 seconds on the clock with his aunt when he's asked a, a question in the debate is smart his whole thing is i need to just be here and present and y'all know that i'm in the lead that's really what he's been trying to do so he trying to that's his best version of let me shut the fuck up uh and keep this lead right it's smart strategy but yeah it you know i don't want him to have the lead uh and then the other thing you said that i'm like yes you know i hugging obama and then dipping off is that's also why he's in the league because every he just basically wants to remind everybody i'm obama's best friend and even though this nigga ain't campaigning for me or endorsing me i'm obama's best friend and uh remember me uncle joe remember that's his whole fucking strategy so that's why he be like and then when they be like well what about this strategy uh i don't you know i wasn't in the room when obama i think obama i said i'm gonna go get some water and then obama was like okay cool so we drone striking niggas and i was like uh you know i think i was up the hall and then i came back in and he was like hey man we should make legalize uh we should legalize same-sex marriage and i was like oh yes word i agree with that that's my dog oh me and obama that's how we get down playboy you know what i'm saying like that's my man joe we we about to do that and then um oh and then i remember i got a phone call and i left and he was like so we gonna be deporting these these people back out of the country you know what i'm saying and um i think i was just up i was on the phone i had to i think i had a postmates i went to go get my food and i came back in the room and that's when he was like oh we should let kids stay on their insurance until they 27 and i said yo that's a great idea we should do that i'm with you obama so i feel like that's what he was like that's what he has to do because he can't handle the critiques of the policies that in a way that obama could like Mm-mm. obama's such a policy wonk and he's so smart and he's so he studied he didn't go up there just blind and see that's one of the problems with a lot of the critiques of obama is that they have to straw man him into a guy who just didn't think of it enough and it's like no he's uber thoughtful so if anything whatever solution he came up with he definitely thought it out these aren't trump decisions with snap Mm judges now maybe you don't like the the end result right but he probably has information that that even we're not privy to correct or he looked at or or many cases because the people we're getting these critiques from are very biased and uh incentivized to to, for a reason to come at his neck on certain shit Mm -hmm. there's a lot of times there's other factors they just leave out and so when they tell you we don't fuck with him and this is why 
they never bring up like well this is a tough decision and it was either this decision or that decision and both of them are untenable so he chose this nobody ever right. wants to say that so anyway black people too smart to to, to listen to these motherfuckers um anyway electing him will be a candidate electing a moderate republican all he talks about are white working class people can't go into crowds interact with people due to his prior issues he's the worst candidate to hillary i agree try to tell niggas um and i don't think hillary was a bad candidate i, I still stand behind that i don't give a fuck mm-hmm. what these niggas say right hillary was a good candidate and and none of these people other than maybe maybe elizabeth warren maybe and that's a big maybe none of these people were better than her Mm-mm. so you know no no offense to the people running now but they're all running because she ain't agreed that's all it is when she did when she was running in 2016 them niggas was not around because they understood get down or lay down and that's part of what i liked about her was that she actually had enough um leverage within the party to be like get down or lay down we need that none of these niggas have it yet even if we elect the people that we think have the best policies none of these people have the inroads into the democratic party or lower and god forbid anything national to truly be like get down or lay down with my policies and do what the fuck i say bernie sanders an outsider you know uh if warren or uh uh or um harris or um uh whoever runs like they don't have the inroads yet and biden has those inroads but but he's a he's a moderate at best you see what i'm saying so he's not even gonna tell people to get down and lay down he he still thinks there's some good republicans we can talk to and work things out with and all this shit so yeah dog we fucked anyway um but nah i fuck with hillary dog because like they all the shit people don't like about her to be the most gangster shit that i fuck with and if it was a dude they fuck with it too that's right that's some real shit like she was on some get down and lay down nobody better say shit about me and motherfuckers was like well you know what i do need some money for my race so i'm with her like that like everybody was <laughs> she even had elizabeth warren like i'm just gonna not say i'm with bernie you know what I'm, saying? I'm not gonna say i'm with her but what i am gonna say is leave me out of it okay she's a bad bitch and she'll take everything so i fucked with her man rest in peace to a real one uh he's been resting on his white laurels hop, uh, hoping to keep his numbers up and running out the clock i'd be behind him being the shoe in if he actually put work in instead of lunching his way through his campaign i'm interested to see if he has any energy to fight to get back up in the polls now that liz warren has started lapping him i get that people want to see him face uh, uh face off with trump but can they not see that he's getting dunked on by his own side and can't handle it how demoralized would the democratic party be when he put looks feeble against trump agreed it's gonna be ugly trump is salivating at the chance to throw everything at biden that the democrats have already been throwing at him already of course and that's why not trying to find every time trump gets a chance he's always calling him out versus all you know it's other candidates running but he always pointing him out because you he's he's basically putting his hand out going that's the dude i want so i can literally eat and just joke him to death also people keep thinking he gonna keep it factual he not Mm -mm. he's just gonna say whatever the fuck he want to say about this nigga like his Uh, people don't care about facts right um yeah the democrats uh, i hope the dems don't make a mistake of not battle testing biden if he's to face off with orange satan too much is at stake yeah and my main reason that i really can't fuck with him is this white man privilege 
when he gets challenged on shit he just gets defensive and stupid and that's normally when he fucks up and that and trump will challenge him on everything almost caught up this for my girl um falcons diva who says greetings karen and rod it's been a while since i've been right since i've written in because i was on a prescribed break from the blackout tips well not actually the blackout tips but i was going through a real rough time my therapist told me to stay away from the news i already didn't watch the news so the blackout tips is where i got my updates on current events so for about a month i made good use of my title subscription i worked out every day and watched the hallmark channel during that time i quit my corporate job and was a lady of leisure for a little over a month admittedly i only took a two-week break from y'all but because i wasn't driving to work or sitting at my desk all day i was more behind than i usually am as a type this i'm halfway through episode 1964 so i'm almost caught up first of all that um, sounds like a wonderful break yeah and i'm glad you took a break mm-hmm. and you know if i i when we do this show the last thing i think of is causing someone stress or grief and i would never want our show to be part of that so if somebody need to take a break from us uh especially you know some your doctor saying that like do that shit it's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm uh let me just say that i don't take the blackout test for granted y'all make me laugh daily i tweeted this already but i totally credit y'all for a wonderful evening i had when bossy came to atlanta she was one of my first followers on twitter but when i changed accounts i initially didn't follow her then came this too much and i was reunited with her wonderful voice when her book was delivered i wasn't expecting it i got home thinking what did i order from amazon this time this <laughs> this was during my rough patch so i didn't even attempt to start reading it when she came here i was definitely ready to receive the conversation and start reading the book it's funny because i was planning to sit back sit in the back because i knew i was going to cry if for no other reason i was so happy for her but i got there so early it would have looked silly for me not to be in the front then i remember her tweet about that white woman telling her she couldn't relate to the book so i annoyed myself the white woman watcher <laughs> yes protect uh protect her at all costs we gotta protect bossy come on at first there were none but after the conversation started a few walked in i was checking them all out to make sure they didn't walk in late looking privileged <laughs> i initially planned to hang around after i got a chance to talk to her but the hug she gave me i had to go cry in the car lol not sad tears i cry just about any strong emotion i feel during my hiatus i missed the blackout to this day what's funny is i had on my nobody gets canceled shirt the day before then when i got on instagram and saw the pictures i was mad i missed out i hope y'all know i represent the blackout tips regularly i only post pictures when i represent y'all out the country though well we appreciate it thank you baby i miss hanging out in the live chat with pregame and balls deep i remember i got a notification that my divorce was final while listening to the tippers in the chat celebrate with me um i'll be back with y'all next week though so yeah i love y'all and appreciate y'all just want to make sure you knew that oh thank you thank you and i'm sorry you went through that rough patch but i'm glad to hear that you're coming out of it Mm -hmm. and that things are looking up and look if a new job a change of scenery is what you need man yo do that shit get you you come first your mental health all that stuff um oh last thing i got some stuff in the mail yes did the video ever come up or no oh it's okay okay uh i got some stuff in the mail for my um birthday yes you did um i like to think um an undeniable vixen sing- oh there's stars and glitters and stickers coming out of this <laughs> uh, undeniable vixen sent me uh oh yeah there's all kinds of birthday stickers uh a card that says the day you were born the future of the galaxy improved and uh it's got the star wars droid on there bb8 rod happy bro bleep day to a (laughs) 
galactically great kid have woo fun xo xo veggie vixen aka the undeniable vixen thank you Aww. and she also had some nerves in there yes i've been eyeing them nerves i'm not, i'm away from right to open them up i knew she was y'all i'm surprised they made it this long to be real i was gonna wait for you to crack it open but more important bayless pumpkin spice we back sis okay this is for all my basic bayless bitches we will be putting <laughs> this we will be putting this in our uh teas and making irish tea uh i mean coffee making irish coffee um and then i got this box um it's got a lot of stuff in it Uh, it comes with a card it says rod and karen to my favorite basic white women of color bitches hope you enjoy these treats as much as i do enjoy your show eve thank you so now is there any arby's in here i'm trying to see i don't know you might find some so we got uh fisher's popcorn pumpkin spice caramel popcorn okay oh shit now so it's going down it's going down we got uh stoffers pumpkin spice snaps some cookies okay oh snap can't wait can't wait to get a hold of them there goes my waistline all right (laughs) Uh, (laughs) we got some biscotti uh grateful what is this pumpkin spice pumpkin and spice filled cookies okay they're called darlings delicious Mm-hmm. and then we got some oh what's this now perfection snacks twist pumpkin spice uh cover pretzels Ooh, now ooh. see that's the lick no g of course non-gmo of course you know we do that ooh, we have we haven't uh in about well, another week or two we haven't did our annual trader joe's we just go in and buy everything pumpkin Ooh, pumpkin spice i might not have to this week right this year, damn pumpkin spice bark flavored bark oh uh, no it's not actual tree bark it's a sweet and creamy pumpkin spice and ginger snap cookie crunch yeah oh that sounds delicious and then the last thing uh oh i missed these uh pumpkins spice spoons coffee uh yeah because somebody has sent us like one time i think they sent us some pumpkin spice like suckers mm-hmm. and they was like like i don't know if they was expensive or what but they look very fancy mm-hmm. those are the best fucking suckers i've ever had in my life god mm-hmm. i can't believe some of y'all hate pumpkin spice y'all crazy y'all really some of y'all just clearly not trying it and trying to fit in with the wave hey stop trying to be with the cool kids and try this pumpkin spice um was that other box with that hair stuff was that that body scrub stuff was that for your birthday too that was for that wasn't for my birthday okay but our girl um from uh bell actually go get the uh because i don't want to fuck up her brand name and had these niggas uh going to the wrong website giving somebody their money uh <laughs> like i hate when people do that shit with like uh-huh it's the black guy in tips and like nah um but nah um we got uh yeah brown and bella uh skincare um uh our girl sent us some soap whip soap souffle i haven't tried it yet i can't wait. and loofahs okay and we got one each i took a picture and put it on instagram you know because we influencers like that you know what i'm saying um and i can't wait to use it i actually have a little bit of my regular soap left but then um it's i'm, I'm gonna crack this up next man so um and it's soap for like your entire body uh and apply more as needed 
after use empty any excess water from the jar and replace the top okay so uh yeah man this is a great week like so many people was giving us stuff and looking out for us um like i said people showed up at the um people showed up at the uh thrive talks which like i said i will put that at the end of this show so there's gonna be an extra hour at the end of this Mm -hmm. feedback episode it'll start as soon as i we 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 log we kiss and get off the air but Mm. yeah well um it's been very great week very thankful for our fans yes we are very thankful for my friends 41 has been uh it's been great so far and i'm glad i can make it to 41 man i remember my dad telling me uh when i was a kid like you're a young black male the odds of you making it past 21 like you're endangered species like you're not supposed to make it past 21 like uh, the odds are like 33 percent that you're gonna end up in prison dead uh or at the time it was almost a death sentence but or hiv positive by the time you're 21 right and he was like you know a large part of his job was making sure that that didn't happen to me you know and so uh or on drugs that was the other one or on drugs so like that was a big thing man so to be able to look you know even at 41 like for black people that's old you know for black men that's mm-hmm. old so to be able to make it this far man i'm just very thankful for the relationships we built the community that we have uh you know the friends in my life my wife my parents uh my family like it's just i'm just thankful to be here and thankful to still be creating and uh be fulfilled and we uh definitely um are uh we're very blessed so thank you everybody for supporting us thank you and we'll be back with more shows i can't remember if we're due for the week off or not i have to mm-hmm. look at the schedule because i can't remember the last time we took a week off but we'll, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll see we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see but we should be back tomorrow i believe so uh until then i love you i love you too Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> thank you all for being here tonight um for how many of you is this your first thrive talk so pretty much everyone. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, we're we're excited to see some new faces, and we're trying out a different layout here. So get comfy, get cozy. We're going to have a nice conversation. Um, so as you know, tonight we are diving into the growth of podcasting here in Charlotte. Um, another quick poll. How many of you all have a podcast? Awesome. No shocker up here. <laughs> Great, great, great. Um, well, we're excited to dive in tonight. We've got some fun questions, and of course, there will be time for Q&A towards the end, and then some mingling once everything's over. Um, tonight, we'd love for you to get social with us. If you've got your, your phones out, please use the hashtag Thrive Talks on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tag any of these lovely people up here as well as Social Ape, and hopefully we can repost and share and join the conversation. Lastly, before I get before I introduce um, our moderator tonight, I want to give a shout out to 820. How many of you, this is your first time here? Perfect. Okay, well, this is a fantastic space. They have a karaoke lounge. They have several different event spaces. This actually opens up, doubles as weddings, receptions, Dwayne Waits, NBA, All-Star Weekend, Roast location. Um, so it's a great spot. They're a client of ours, and we are so thankful that they let us use this space. So, um, all right, so we're going to get started. Um, our moderator for tonight's discussion is podcast host and Charlotte City Council member, Larkin. Um, quick bio, and then you can clap, then I'll let you clap. 
Larkin was elected in 2017 as the Charlotte District 1 representative and is serving his first term on city council. I have to add into my notes that when we wrote this, that was true. It still is true, but he also was just re-elected for a second term by, what, 73%? Overwhelming majority. He is also the co-host of the R&D in the QC podcast with another fellow city council member. Larkin represents Republic National Distributing Company as a brand ambassador for Western North Carolina and has also written for local publications, including the Charlotte Observer, Elevate Magazine, and Creative Locate. Larkin serves on the North Carolina Advisory Committee for the U.S. Global Leadership Coalition, serves as an advisory board member for Central Piedmont Community College's Culinary Arts Program, and is a volunteer firefighter, wait, I did not know that, for the Long Creek Volunteer Fire Department. Everyone, please welcome Larkin as tonight's moderator. We're, we're foregoing the mics this evening and hope that our podcasters know how to project. Yeah. So we're good here. Um, and thank you. I, I was going to ask to turn on the music, and they had it right on time. So um, I am Larkin Eggleston. That was a long version of my bio. I apologize. But um, I am also the host of the R&D and the QC podcast, which stands for Republican and Democrat in the Queen City. So I am a Democrat on Charlotte City Council. I have a colleague who is, um, I'm, how old am I? I'm 30. Seven in next month, and I have a colleague who's 38, I think, and he's a Republican. And we decided that there was an opportunity to do a bipartisan discussion about city government issues uh, where we don't scream at each other, we don't judge each other because we might disagree, uh, but we disagree agreeably and we kind of talk about both sides of issues. And I had never done a podcast in my life. Um, thankfully, my colleague had, and he had the equipment, he had the know how. Uh, I say I am the talent, he is the tech. Of, of our podcast, but um, if it weren't for him, I couldn't do it. So I'm not going to be able to give you any advice about the technical aspects of how you do a podcast, but we have people up here who will be able to, uh, so I appreciate the invitation from Social Aid to, to host us tonight, and uh, instead of reading each of their bios, I want to go down the line and let each of our panelists introduce themselves, uh, say their name, the podcast they host, what the topic of that podcast is. Um, if you need to plug a social media handle so people can tag or follow or subscribe or whatever, um, I am at Larkin on Twitter, at Larkin Eggleston, which is all very hard to spell, I know, on Instagram, and uh, my podcast is already in the QC. We'll do that down the line, and then uh, we'll dive into some questions to talk about how we all got into it, what our experience has been, and uh, maybe tips of the, uh, tricks of the trade for the people who are either in it and looking to get uh, to expand their podcast or people who are maybe looking to get into it for the first time. So I'll start to my left, your right, with uh, my buddy Andy. Thanks, Larkin, and uh, thanks, everybody, for coming on out here today. My name is Andy Go. I am the owner and founder of Gojo Studios. It's a podcast production and consulting company that I started in January. Um, but I've been doing podcast production and consulting for about five years now. I was doing it part-time while I was working uh, full-time in digital marketing over the last five years or so. And then uh, towards the end of last year, I uh, started getting enough business to where I, I really had to make a decision to where I could either cap out with the stuff that I was doing for my clients then and continue doing uh, my full-time job, or I could go out on my own and start my own business and really commit to that full time and that's the decision that I made in January was to go out on my own full time so um, what about eight or nine months into that 
Um, I'm not bankrupt. I'm not searching for another job. So the two lowest bars that you could possibly have for entrepreneurship, I have passed. I feel really good about that. My name is Karen Morrow, and I'm half of the Black Out Who Tips podcast, a podcast I do with my husband five days a week. Uh, the motto of the show is nothing's wrong if it's funny. And uh, we, well, you can follow me on social media. My Twitter is at say that again, that as in D A T. Um, you can follow the show at, at TBGWT for the Black Out Who Tips. Um, we've been doing this for what, 10 years now? Yeah. About 10 years now. So we've been doing this for, for quite a while. Podcast? Yeah, the yeah. podcast. And uh, we have over, well, close to 2,000 regular shows, not including the premium shows. Um, I'm trying to think. I'll let, I'll let Wait, you know. y'all host the podcast five days a week, or is your husband five days a week? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> we do it together. Husband, I host with my husband five days a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we host the show five days a week. Um, we've been doing that for about four or five years. Uh, we used to just do once a week and worked our way up. Um, the show is a comedy podcast where we talk about politics, um, like social media, uh, comedy stuff, uh, just kind of like variety stuff. Stuff we uh, talk about race, uh, gender, a bunch of things, and then we also uh, about four or five years ago we went premium. I lost my job. I got laid off. Um, not my own fault, but still, I got laid off. And uh, Karen was like, "We should monetize it." So. I was like, I don't know how, but let's try, you know, because Karen was like, give it a shot. So we did. And now we've been doing that for about five years. It's how I make my living. Um, and, you know, we did a live show at the Blumenthal Center for Performing oh, Arts last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I mean, we've gone to Seattle, uh, Washington, D.C., um, Florida, Florida. Miami, yeah, like, yeah. We've been so, you know, been on TV a few times, we're on flights. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, at, at, at this point, like. It's uh, you know, it's basically how we make how we uh, make money. I'll be honest, I didn't know podcasts existed ten years ago. Yeah, um, we were doing it when, uh, when there was an the iPhone. Yeah. There was an iPod and it had a rotating wheel. Yes, the one that clicked. That's what that we were yeah, doing. used to have to actually plug in OG, in order to do OG it. Podcast. Yes, yeah. they're like a brick. <laughs> So Jason and I started Sky Pancake Podcast two years ago, and we born out of Sky Pancake Blog, which we started five years ago. And it's restaurant reviews, both locally and worldwide, so we can travel. Um, and that's how the podcast started, but it's really lately, the past year, evolved to being um, interviews with local chefs. So we spent about an hour getting to know um, some more of these top culinary talent.
So we touched on, um, you mentioned that you guys, halfway through your 10-year now career, decided that you were going to monetize your podcast. So for the, the two couples that have podcasts or the two guys that are involved in a lot of people's podcast visions, um, what have you seen as far as, anybody can jump in, as far as the ability to monetize a podcast? For full disclosure, uh, my co-host and I do not monetize ours being an elected office in local government. There was a lot of concerns around possible conflict of interest. We don't want anything to kind of look uh, like it's not above board. So we decided early on there was never going to be any kind of a, a monetization of it. We just did it for fun and did it for a way to get our messages out about what's going on in the city. But y'all not having those uh, constraints, for you, you said you have monetized it. Has it been a, a fruitful way for you to make a living or for others who either have a podcast or are involved in, a, in other people's podcasts? What have you seen as, is it a side hustle? Is it a way that you can actually have as your main revenue stream? There's people out here thinking about going that route. Uh, what would your recommendation be? I'll, I'll start down on this end. Sure. Uh, it's exceedingly difficult. Uh, it takes, how long did you guys produce your podcast for five years? Uh, before we monetized, we had done it about maybe three years. Uh, and then, and at the time, even when we started, we still had like PayPal donations and stuff like yeah, that. that. But yeah. when we officially said we're going to try to make money off of it, it's about three years in. Um, it's exceedingly difficult to monetize an individual podcast that you're producing by yourself. It's a lot of work. Um, you know, for me, um, where um, I've had some success is by bringing a whole bunch of podcasts together. But what I'm also finding. Um, I mean, this will help you if you have the technical ability to produce a podcast. There are lots of companies and lots of people out there who want to produce podcasts but don't have the technical ability to do it. And they now are knocking on my door at the Queen City Podcast Network and saying, can you help us produce our podcast? We don't need to be part of the network, but can you help us do this? But, but there are lots of people out there who just don't have the technical ability. So I'm finding now that that is is um, a path to monetizing this thing that I did not anticipate when I launched the network. Uh, Percentage-wise, of the people that you consult with or assist or whatever, how many of them do you think are doing it for fun versus doing it for money? I think there's a high percentage of people doing this for money. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a high percent, percentage of people doing this for fun who wouldn't turn down a dollar if they're not going to do it. Right? It, we, I think, you know, we're all here because we love doing it, and if we could do this for a living, it'd be a pretty decent way to make a living. So I think, uh, you know, I think that while you are um, initially, you do it for fun, and if the amount of work that it takes you to produce a podcast doesn't scare you away, then eventually you can, if you stick to it, if you're gritty, you can reach the point where you might be able to make a living doing it. Can you make a living at it? Absolutely, but how much work is it? It's a lot, a lot. So in the food world, are y'all monetizing? What's your policy around accepting free stuff when you're going to interview a restaurant or meet with a chef? How did y'all hone in on what your model would be for the financial component of your podcast? Um, we we monetize stuff. We you know it's not our full time jobs. We have real or not real jobs, but different jobs, day jobs. Uh, I like to say I'm a CPA in real life, so it's like a tax. It's like rich, super rich people that have vineyards. So like, you know, 
know, shelter money. The podcast is a good way for us to shelter a tax loss. You're laundering money through your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody filming? He's a, he's a, he's a, we paid the numbers. <laughs> we'll check. Uh, but so, so we can be like, we don't want to take a sponsor that would compromise our integrity of our podcast. Our, our whole the reason why people listen to us is we try to say how it is. If we like a restaurant, if we don't like a restaurant, and that's very important to us that we keep that integrity. So, but we have had some sponsors, but we only take sponsors that we like. So, like we took Bojangles because we like Bojangles. Like we're, I'm working on a couple other ones that we're trying to get, but I won't like if it's a restaurant we don't like, like I'm not gonna take that until Yeah. Airport parking, which was hard for us because, like, restaurant reviews and, you know, for a podcast, like, you know, on the blog and Instagram, like, it's a little bit easier to see a path to monetization, but on the podcast, it's a little bit harder, but the travel angle really works nicely, so yeah. the parking spot's a really good sponsor because we're always talking about, like, our next trip, and we used it and we liked it, but, yeah, to your point, like, we would never, you know, promote something that we didn't like, but a lot, I'd say we're monetized like they're giving us free parking. They're not giving us money. So I think that we're, and we're like right around our two-year mark. So I think that, you know, we're getting there and that's like a nice way in. So, so um, like this project was giving Cajun Filet Biscuits or they give you money? <laughs> <laughs> no, we get money. I would do it to They did two things. They did like a Visa gift card and then a Bojangles gift card. And then we had like, you know, money sponsorships for the blog, but the podcast, we have. Do we be doing like package sponsorships with the Instagram and the blog yeah. and the podcast? Well, that's the whole idea. Is, is, yeah, like you have multiple channels that you're trying to work your brand on. I mean, we're like we really started our passion was the blog. Like we like to write about where we go so we can remember those deals. That's kind of how we started our blog, and then we started the podcast because there was nobody talking about food in Charlotte restaurants. People do recipes and things like that, but we thought there was a, a space for that, and that's why we kind of started podcast. So we know that you monetize your podcast, but has it been something that has replaced? You said um, you were downsized, you lost your job. Has it been something that's been able to stand in place of a quote unquote like normal job? Oh or yeah, yeah, yeah. I make way more money now oh, than mm-hmm. I did when I had a job. Okay. Um, not that this isn't a job. I work way harder now too. Yeah, yeah. but um, more hours. <laughs> but nah, we uh, what happened with us was uh, we were already doing like donations and stuff that people were giving us, just you know, like putting a tip in the jar. Like, yeah, I oh, like your show. It's it's five dollars. And then uh, when I lost my job, and it was like, okay, we should figure out a way to monetize it, and we already had ideas. So mm-hmm. we've been thinking about just what would we do if we had a chance to monetize it right. for three years, right? And so we had like this plan it was like. We'll make more content, right? And by more content, it was like, well, we can now move the show to five days a week, right? We can um, take those shows, and instead of leaving them up forever, which is what we used to do, we take, like, we leave, like, two weeks to a month of shows out there, and then the other ones go behind a paywall on our website. And people pay money for their access to that paywall. In addition to that, we had certain topics that we would talk about on the show. We are just kind of, you know, like, oh, uh, this happened in sports. This happened in... I was playing this video game, and we're like, no, let's be specific and put that behind the paywall. So now we have a sports show behind the paywall called Balls D Sports. 
We have a we have a nerd on. Highly inappropriate. <laughs> we are highly inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, Everybody called the name of that shit. <laughs> we like to go deep in the sports. <laughs> and then, uh, we have uh, we have a show called the Nerd Off where we talk about different nerd topics and video games and anime and all that stuff. We have a show where we talk about food called Lip Smacking Good, and we talk about like food culture, food news. We interview people. Uh, Karen hosts that. Um, we have interviews that we put behind there called Medium Talk. So movies, yeah, movies. We do spoil reviews where we spoil the movie immediately, like as soon as we start no. the show. So like, we will, we'll just spoil yeah. it. Yeah, it's in the title, spoilable right. reviews. Bruce that's Willis what. was dead the whole time, you know. That's y'all <laughs> better his father. So we start with that, and then um, once we put that behind a paywall, we had to come up with like a pricing structure, and we charge like fifteen dollars a month because at the time. <laughs> my thinking was well we get like a hundred people right like fifteen dollars a month that's like half of my salary so with that and then unemployment i will be okay like we just won't eat out and we'll be fine and then uh our fans just like overwhelmingly supported us right out the gate and they were just like so excited and we made like a we do a lot of fan interaction so we made like a bet with the fans where i was like you guys if we get to like 50 people, I'm gonna get a tattoo. You know, I never had a tattoo mm-hmm. before, and they were like, and we got it like real fast. So I was like, oh yeah, shit, it's scared him. It's scared him. So he was like, let me up the number. Yeah. Now. I was like, okay, well, okay. What if we get 75 and I get a bigger tattoo? And they're like, like yeah, we and they got, got that. And I was like, okay, like a hundred, and I'm gonna get a tattoo where I can't have oh, a chest. yeah, I can't have like a regular job where I was just like going back to work with my short sleeve shirts. Yeah, and so yeah, we got it obviously. So. um then I got the, you know, once I got the tattoo, I was like, oh, this oh, is real. Your tattoo is like your podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. Yes. Oh, though, it's like my beard's not full and Karen's hair isn't natural, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So like that was a thing. Where I was like, oh, we actually have enough people supporting us that want to see us like exist and be able to create, you know, because that was important for them. Was like, because they're getting more content. It's yes. not just we're creating. Mm-hmm because we want you to feel good or whatever like it's not charity it's like we're going to do this for a living so since then you know every year it's just gone up with more and more subscribers and more and more uh uh people that uh support us and then in addition to that sorry i'm talking so long but we also have sponsors and so we have people who reached out to us that wanted to seek to sponsor us like we now i feel like you have to like court the sponsors and go after them but at the time it's like Oh, we like what you're doing. Um, Adam and Eve was like, hey, can we sponsor your show? And I'm like, all right, cool, you know. And Adam and Eve does it. Bevel is a, a shaving uh, company. They're, they promote to black people because most white people products don't do well with our skin. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so Bevel wanted to sponsor black podcasts specifically because of the reach of our audience. Yeah. Um, so people that want to touch, like, things that are specific to black people or loot crate sponsors for a while because uh, until they started uh, not paying bills but um yeah. they sponsored us for a while because they wanted to get like nerds and stuff so a lot of the sponsors reached out to us um which is how we ended up getting a lot of them and that was a good source of revenue but the best thing was being supported by our listeners because then we can always say no to stuff it's like it's hard to say no when you don't have money right like 
hey, come support us. We're the, I don't know, we're the Donald Trump for America. And you're like, oh, that's not, that didn't jive with me. I didn't, I didn't see that in you. That's yeah, it's not my thing. So, like, I might not, so, like, we might want to say no to that sponsor, but if you broke, it's, all right, Donald Trump, well, make America great again, you know? So, that's I'm like, be broke. yeah, well, yeah. you know, hey, different strokes. So, it's just, we, we got in a situation where we were able to be supported enough to really be ourselves so that was that was uh the main like one of the main hurdles of of, of monetizing was making sure it was listener based yeah. not sponsor based okay yeah go ahead how many hours of content are you producing a week um so with the regular show i'd say those shows are from anywhere from like an hour and a half to like two, two hours. hours so that's like five times that's a week, week. So, so, you know, yeah. we got that. Um, then we got the premium, premium shows, which can be like an extra, like, three to five hours. So we, somewhere yeah. between, like, 10 to 15 hours a week, I would say. Yeah, and that's... We're putting the, out content. Yeah, and that's not including guest spots. Like, sometimes other people will invite us on their show. So we're yeah. recording other people's shows in addition to doing our own. Right. So for me, it's like two jobs for me because I mm-hmm. actually work work. So for me, it's like two jobs. But I, But I think for me... When it comes to podcasting, you've got to love it because it's work. And I think a lot of people get into it, go, oh, I'll make some money. Wait a minute, this is work. Right. That was, and, you know, and once people realize it's work, instead of them admitting that it's a hobby, they still want to get the accolades and they still want to get recognized, but they don't want to put the work behind it. Then they wonder why people won't pay for it because it's not good quality. <clears throat> Novelty wears off mighty quick. So right. Like, and if you're you not having, be passionate about it. If you're not having fun right. at the baseline of it, then it becomes work so much faster. Okay. So Andy, what? Tell us quickly what your the percentage of people you work with. How many of them are monetizing? How many of them is just a hobby? And then we'll pivot into to my second question, which is like, in all of the work you've done around podcasting, what's been like the oh shit moment where you had somebody you never thought you'd be interviewing, or some place you never thought you'd have been on stage, or something you never thought would would necessarily come across um, your desk in life. And it did because of your podcast. All right, or because um, of the ones you work with. Well, we'll hold on to that question because there's two different questions there, and we're going we're going to attach uh, attack them one one at a time here. So, first of all, on the monetization thing, I do want to uh, just bring a little bit of a different look at that angle of things. Um, so, again, I work with different clients who um, a lot of the times they're nonprofits, big organizations. They're trying to use podcasting as content marketing. So they're not trying to monetize the podcast <laughs> itself. They're rather using the podcast to drive business towards their main goals of whatever it is that they may be doing. So they're not trying to make money off the podcast itself by selling direct sponsorship on the podcast itself. They're using podcasts the same way you would social media, TV advertisements, billboard advertisements as another arm of your marketing wing so that it can bring you more business. It can... Uh, better give you a relationship with the clients that you do have and really set yourself apart from all your different competitors. So on that side of things, it's a little bit different. But for people, the individual, average individual who wants to start a podcast and wants to try and make some money off of it, I got to echo you know, pretty much what everyone else has said is, is that it's extremely hard to monetize a podcast by yourself. You can definitely do it, but you know, replacing a $40,000, $50,000 a year job with a podcast is incredibly difficult. I would recommend people don't approach podcasting in that way because it's so difficult. If monetizing your podcast at all is on your mind, I would suggest looking at it at a different angle. And I'm going to use a story, a real quick story here to kind of describe what I'm talking about. So one of my favorite podcasts 
out there right now is called dissect. Has anyone heard of it? Yes. You're the only person I've ever heard whenever I say that. So dissect is one of the most popular podcasts out there. It's been in the New York Times and it's been in, in U.S. News and World Report. Yeah, I still don't have a whole lot of people who've known it. Anyway, it's a podcast where this guy just uh, he breaks down full albums. Uh, he dedicates an entire season to breaking down an album. Each episode in that season is looking at one song, but this is really granular level stuff, like beat by beat, lyric by lyric, sample by sample. For music nerds like me, it's great. So anyway, the guy who was making this podcast, just a regular guy in his mid-30s, his name's Cole Kushner, lives in Sacramento, California, had a full-time job, had a wife, had kids, and really only published the podcast, worked on the podcast when they went to bed. So he did this podcast for one season. His first season was on um, Kendrick Lamar's Pimp Butterfly, so great album, but also a really great podcast that just dives so deep into the music and tells you so much about what the artist was thinking about, what the music means. Just anytime you listen to any of the episodes, you can tell that there's just a high level of attention to detail paid to them. So he did such a good job with the podcast, created good content. That was the number one thing, created good content. Second thing is that he engaged with his audiences online on Instagram and Twitter at Dissect Podcast. It's a great follow. But he built a, a real organic following just by making great content and hustling like hell to put it out there. So midway through his second season, uh, his second season was on Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Midway through that season, Spotify reached out to him. Spotify found him because he was creating such a buzz organically. Spotify reached out to him and signed him to a long-term deal so that he could produce Dissect full-time, exclusively for Spotify Studios uh, on a on a salary. Now, how much is that salary? Is it 50000 100000 150000 I have no idea. But I do know it's enough to support a family of three in Northern California, uh, which I'm sure is not inexpensive. So... So that is a different way of kind of looking at how you're monetizing your podcast. And honestly, it speaks to the way the industry is right now. The industry, whether it's podcasting or whether it's video, is all looking for the same thing. And that's owning the rights to good original content. I'll use Netflix as an example. If you get on Netflix and you stream Breaking Bad, Netflix doesn't get a whole big chunk of that revenue uh, check because AMC owns the rights to Breaking Bad, right? So they get most of the revenue check. But if you stream Stranger Things on Netflix, ah, Netflix owns Stranger Things, the rights to that, so they get the entirety of that revenue check. Same thing with Spotify, same thing with Luminary. They're all looking for original content like Dissect that they can make their own, make exclusive and put behind their paywalls so that if you want Game of Thrones or if you want Breaking Bad or if you want Dissect podcast bad enough, you have to go to that source to get it. So that's what's driving a lot of media acquisitions in terms of original content in our industry. And you can see it in podcasting all over the place. Two Dope Chicks was originally just a regular podcast, just two people just like us. It was good enough following and it was good enough content that now they have their own HBO show. Mm-hmm. You know, Dissect, again, full-time now to, to produce uh, for Spotify Studios. That's something else to think about. It's not just making you know, uh, sponsorship checks from somebody who's going to give you money. It's the fact that you could create such a good piece of content that somebody out there, one of these larger publishing companies, is going to come to you and write a check for that too. So don't just be thinking about, okay, let me find a sponsor to give me $500 a month. Think about long-term, if I create good enough content, maybe Luminary wants to give me money for my show, maybe Spotify, maybe Pandora, any of these other companies that are all in the same business. That's all out there and available. And I definitely want people to think about that 
in addition to the traditional ways of sponsorship. Second question was your oh shit moment. What was the, the person that you inter- interviewed or been, what was the circumstance you found yourself in mm-hmm. where you're like, man, this is pretty cool, and it was because of what you've done in podcasting? Man, we're I... We're making these short, because we got, yeah. got other stuff we got to get into, and at 7.15, we're hitting Q&A, so... So, I'll just be real quick. One of my um, clients is the United Methodist Church, and I'd, uh, you know, I'm a secular person. I don't go to church, but... Um, but the United Methodist Church is trying to put on a podcast to talk about what they're doing. So they uh, invited me down to McAllen, Texas, which is right on the border of Mexico, to one of their mission trips at a respite center where we were working with migrants. We were working with uh, people who had just gotten out of the detention centers, people who've traveled hundreds of miles on their own two feet to you know, be at this respite center. Um, being at that particular place and trying to tell the stories of those migrants um, I think is the most profound thing that I've done so far in, in my work. How about you guys? What's been the, the wow moment? I think well I guess I had several of them but I think for me when we went to Miami to do RevoltCon uh, Revolt TV when I was actually on a stage and like got professional makeup done, and with for those of us that don't know, what is RevoltCon? It's a uh, it's a conference that Puff Daddy uh, P Diddy, whatever he's called, Sean, yeah, yeah, Sean Combs uh, puts on every year, and he invites. Uh, he had our panel was called Attack of the Podcasters, and we were on like TV, and we were sitting there with so y'all panels at the Diddy. Yeah. yeah. So that was that yeah, was, was that was a thing. Did you to meet Diddy? No, no. no. <laughs> That's bullshit. I feel like Diddy doesn't listen to podcasts. I feel like that was somebody else's deal booking us, but uh that was one. Um I think we went to um I mean, you know what? We had a lot of them, but mm-hmm. my latest one I'm really proud of is when we did a live show at yeah. the Blumenthal Center for Performing Arts and like so many people came and then like the uh people who worked there there were like no one's ever come from further than like south carolina and we're like for real it's like you like they were telling us like you have people here from france i was like yeah Yeah. i know it's cool and they're like you have a guy from australia i was like wonga yeah we we know him so like that was a cool moment to to be like man we're really touching something here that make people want to travel that far to see us what about you guys Uh, in Arizona 
And um, I talked with the Arizona Daily Star about streaming the entire tournament at their website. The Arizona Daily Star was the uh, daily newspaper in Tucson. And uh, keep in mind, it's 2001. There's no high-speed internet. There's everything's dial-up. Uh, the desktop computers don't have speakers. You had to work to find audio content online. Uh, we did um, 16 games in four days. Uh, the play-by-play of every single game up to the national championship. We crashed the Arizona Daily Star website six times in four days because people were tuning in to listen to the Sunday hockey tournament. That's when I thought, you know, there's an appetite for audio content on the internet, and that's really kind of what you know led me to the network and and So that was really that really kind of opened up my eyes. Think that maybe there is something to this. We had for R and D QC. We had two that were kind of humbling moments. We got um, front page mention on the Wall Street Journal about a year and a half ago, which didn't hurt when you're four months into your first podcast. And then um, we got to interview Michael Bloomberg about a year ago, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. But the funniest story we had was we interviewed um, Laura Trump, who is married to Eric, I think, and. So we're at the convention center. She's there for something. And so we're pulling her and Ronda Romney McDaniel, who's the niece of Romney, but also the chair of the Republican National Committee, into like a side room to interview them. And I closed the door behind us because I'm like, we don't want all this distraction sound in the in the hallway. And like a Secret Service person like kicks down the door. It's like, what are you doing? I thought I was like trying to kill Laura Trump. And someone had told him I was the Democrat. Like, Why don't you the door with a Trump in here? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so I almost got shot by a Secret Service member trying to interview Laura Trump. So that was interesting. Um, we can quickly go through, and then I want to get to question and answer because I want to see what... Um, what people's specific interests are, what specific inquiries inquiries are, but what would be 30 seconds each? Advice to someone who wants to get into podcasting or wants to try to decide that maybe they started one and they're trying to decide to keep it up or they're thinking about getting into it. 30 seconds, like what's been your experience? What would be your recommendation to somebody who's, who's looking at this? Uh, um, I always tell people, if you're going to start a podcast, understand that producing the podcast is actually probably the easy part. You already know what you want to talk about. You've got something that you're passionate about. Is you can talk about this thing for days on end. You probably already do. The difficult part in producing a podcast is the relentless self-promotion afterwards, making people aware that this thing exists because you've got to get people to listen to it. And then, whenever you decide what your cadence is, if it's every week or every two weeks, or if you're producing 40 hours of content, you've got to be consistent with that content. And then relentlessly self-promote that content again and again. So you're constantly pushing that boulder up the hill. If you're going to produce a podcast, you've got to understand that the real work that comes after the podcast is actually not work. I think you have to put out a lot of content and you have to stay on a specific schedule. Like people have to know, like for us, we do it every Sunday. People know, okay, it's coming on Sunday. I'll be ready on my morning drive on Monday. And the more, I mean, you can do it every day, that's awesome. I think in order for it to be fun for you, which is what everyone said, in order to keep people coming back, 
Yeah, you definitely gotta tell people. Just see me in the streets. Yeah. Y'all no. agree? Nah, just, <laughs> no, no, no. Bad advice. Bad advice. <laughs> now the thing I would, the biggest advice I would tell people is, don't just think about what other people are doing and try to imitate that. Um, there's a different lane for everybody. Like this, what we're doing with our podcast is kind of bananas because most people wouldn't even attempt that. Like the idea of doing a show five days a week doing more content behind the paywall that's that's like specific stuff like we definitely outwork people but also they were thinking of podcasts the way that they think of a tv show because that's the way oh yeah once a week for 30 minutes that's that's the thing like no somebody was like me i used to i listen to a lot of podcasts now but i used to be at my desk and i needed hours of content for this brain numbing job and it was just something to just be like oh cool i can listen to this for a couple hours veg out and get my work done. And I would find myself really gravitating towards those podcasts that came out more often, that were a little bit like not from on high from like a comedian or celebrity who's giving me like, you know, Hollywood advice on my regular life. So I ended up like liking those things. And I said, well, I want to create something like that. And specifically for black people, because we're all over the country, but you know, they're like in Charlotte, we're a hub. There's a lot of black people. But someone in Wisconsin will write a show and be like, you guys make me not feel crazy. I, I don't know any other black people out here, and I was starting to lose my mind. So we, so we have that type of thing. So fill the lane that's not filled and make the show you want to make, that you're having fun making. Don't just try to imitate or look at other people because you will drive yourself crazy if you don't have their success right out the gate. It is interesting that you say that about the amount of content because when you said how much y'all do, it does sound crazy, but then... No one thinks anything of a three-hour drive time show every day of the week. Every day with on a, on a traditional radio station. with yeah. commercials and playing music. Like you, like people tune into uh, this is no shade, but people in like the, the the Steve Harvey show, you're getting about maybe thirty minutes of actual talking. Then it's just play a song, do a, do the news, play another song, uh, do a bit. Okay, we'll talk about this topic for three seconds. And there's no way to break out the nuances of the impeachment of Trump in three seconds. So, I, like, someone somewhere is like, I wanted to know about that, right? Well, with a podcast, you have an opportunity to make the thing have a full conversation you want to have and then move on. So make that or whatever it is. Like, if it's about food, you know, make the food show that's not there that you wanted to hear. For me, I would go think outside of the box. Because we have been taught traditionally everything follows radio and everything follows TV. When it comes to podcasting, it is a blank slate. I think people have a tendency to forget that. It's literally a canvas that you can paint whatever color you want to. A lot of times people limit themselves because they go, well, they got to be 30 minutes. Or it has to be an hour. Or I have to play music. Or I have to have a co-host. Like, like they put these, these stipulations on what they think it should be, mimicking something else. Instead of going, it's a blank slate. What color do I want to paint this? And paint it that color and just be happy with that. And guess what? Somebody's going to like that blue you, you smacked up there. And they're going to say, oh, I like that. And next thing you know, you got a listener. And somebody said, oh, you like this blue? I like this blue too. So think outside the box. Remember, there's no chains on you. You can literally do whatever you want to do because people tell us a lot of times we've been to other uh things where they do this and everybody says we have to be 30 minutes it has to be this we break all those things you know how many people tell us sometimes we'll mess around and have a three-hour show and people will tell us i'm glad you got three-hour show this is my whole commute to work so you know it it, it, everybody has different tastes 
Really, I just want to emphasize, reemphasize what you just said there, because I tell that to everybody. So many people I talk to in podcasting are like, "Can I do this? Is, am I allowed to do this?" Yeah. Right. <laughs> what? No. Podcasting, you're your own editor, you're your own producer, you're your own writer. It's not about what you can or can't do. You can do anything that you want. It's more about how well does this serve what I'm trying to do. And just like you said, you know. If Picasso wants to use that shade of blue, nobody's going to tell him he's wrong because mm-hmm. it's his own painting. Right. Same thing with you and your podcast. But the thing that I wanted to just throw out there for everybody just to um, kind of remember is that um, – is uh, oh, shoot. Now I just lost it. Um, what was the question again? Sorry. I was really just going off of her thing. 30 seconds of advice to people that are thinking about podcasting. Okay. That's right. Um, so if you're thinking about podcasting, the number one piece of advice I can give you, and I work with a lot of different clients and students who are all trying to start their podcast, and I see this all the time. People want to make their podcast perfect mm-hmm. before they even yes. hit record. Yeah. Like somebody wants to have the exact right music and the exact right mm-hmm. script and the exact right this and the exact before they even hit record. And by the time they're ready to get hit record, they've stressed themselves out so much about these details that don't end up mattering that they don't even get to it. And they kill their own project before it even starts. So don't let perfect become the enemy of, I don't know, what's the saying? Good. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, seriously, just do the work. Do the work, make the mistakes, learn from your mistakes, and that's how you get better. That's how you move forward. You will never make a perfect podcast in your first five 10, 20 episodes. We'll never make a perfect podcast, period. But if you learn from your mistakes, if you're brave enough to go out there and make the mistakes first, you can learn from them, and that's how you get better. You won't get better by trying to make it absolutely perfect before you ever hit record. Yeah, I would say authenticity. I mean, we, when we started R&D at QC, we, didn't, we thought there'd be 100 or 200 people that might care about a city government, a Charlotte city government podcast. Uh, we just thought it'd be a cool way to kind of think through a lot of the stuff we were going through as both first-term council members uh, and kind of archive our experience as first-term council members. Um, We're knocking on the door of 50,000 downloads now. So there were far more people interested in it than we thought there would be. But I think the key is that you're doing something that you're passionate about, you're doing something you like to talk about, and you're being authentic to who you are. And I would agree with consistency, too. Um, We record the episodes on Monday nights after the city council meetings end, which is usually about 10, 10.30 p.m., and we've been there all day, uh, and then we go in and we do a, a ballpark hour episode every week. Uh, and there have been times where a meeting won't end until after 11, and we're like, F this, like, we're going home, we'll do it tomorrow. And people are pissed. They're like, no, like, I listen to it on mm-hmm. Tuesday mornings. When I go into work, it's supposed to be there, like, before midnight on Monday for me when I wake up. And so I think there is something that people kind of look and go, well, wait, you come out on Thursday, where are you at? And I think that's important that people can rely on knowing when it's going to be there for them. Um, so transition to 10, 15, 20 minutes of, of questions, however many you guys have. I will say, uh, for the sake of time, we've got a question probably best to direct it to one person or one podcast, um, and that way we can move through it and make sure anybody who's got a question gets it answered. So just raise your hand and I'll, I'll point at you. Yes, sir. One at a time. Yeah. Uh, Robin Perry, maybe uh, about Jason. Working as a spouse, partners, however you want to call yourselves. What's that like waking up and, and knowing that some days you're just going to hate the living fuck out of each other <laughs> working together like that? How, how do you get through that as couples, uh, being, being you know, spouses, partners, and business partners? 
That's the thing. We don't fight. Like, we just try to be authentic. We don't fight in regular life. Yeah, because people have hit us up be like, why don't y'all argue? I'll be like, he has to live with me. I hope y'all realize this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was actually one of the complaints we would get from time to time. People would be like, y'all get along too much. And I was like, I I'm, can't make a fight out of my yeah, marriage. Yeah, I'm not picking a fight. For entertainment. <laughs> right. Like, I'm, this isn't the married with children. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, we, we, man, we feel bad. Yeah, right. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, we could disagree. We might disagree. Or something, yeah, we disagree. But yeah. My nature is to try to understand. So, like, if she says something I don't agree with, I'm like, okay, where, what's the thinking? You know, you do a show with the Republican, right? So you're like, you can't be on there all day just being like Twitter, like going at this guy's neck. So you have to be like, okay, well, help me understand how you got to this point. And if I can understand where you're coming from, I can at least respect yeah. it. And that's how we treat disagreements and. Obviously, I, I would never disrespect my wife for fun. That's just stupid. And, and the thing, because of the way we talk, we talk so gentle that we actually have big disagreements on the on the show. But because the way we talk to each other, it's no yelling and screaming and ah. Because yeah. that's why a lot of times people think we don't disagree or they think we always get along. No, sometimes I'm looking like, what's happening over there? All right. Yes. I think uh, finding your niche is, is important because you've got a thing that no one else on the planet has. You've got your own personal perspective about this personal thing. And someone else is going to you know, feel the same way that you do. So if you just you know, go into your uh, podcast with uh, a couple of friends of yours and you're like, you know, well, we're just going to kind of talk about stuff that happens every week. You know, you're going to be all over the place and you're not really going to provide anything in every substance. But if you find the specific angle that you want to cover, that you want to talk about through your perspective, you're going to attract an audience. If you can be consistent with it and you know, continue to provide <coughs> So I, I, I absolutely think that in terms of building an audience and building consistency in a podcast over time and having a, you know, a niche is, is critical. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Uh, in fact, I would think I would say that anybody starting a podcast should really work on focusing on who their audience is and actually paring that audience down, being super specific, being super focused, and being super niche about who your audience is. Um, there's this thing called the thousand loyal listeners rule, which based at essence states that if you go and try and get all 300 million people in America to listen to your podcast, you're you're going to dilute your podcast to where it's just nothing. It's just meaningless mush. But if you are very specific, very focused, and very niche about your topic, you're going to, yes, uh, lower the number of total listeners that you might have, 
But the listeners that you do have are going to be really into your podcast. Mm -hmm. They're going to be much more likely to engage with you on social media and much more likely to spend money with your sponsors. And that's one of the big strengths of podcasting is the fact that it's so niche and that you can find uh, a super specific topic on just whatever it is. And again, advertisers, we were talking about advertisers earlier. That's why they love podcasts because they know that they can target somebody super specific and super targeted through these podcasts and they know they, they won't have to reach anybody else. So if you can define your pot, your, your show's audience as whatever it is and you know whatever age, whatever gender, um, that helps you figure out, okay, who, who would I want to bring in as a sponsor? Who is my ideal audience? And then you play to those people and then you don't have to worry about diluting it for any other message. So um, as much as possible, I would recommend new podcasters to try and really spend some time winnowing down who their audience is to the very most specific and very most authentic and genuine versions of them that your podcast wants. Well, maybe not too niche. Andy and I were talking to my friend Aaron, who's a professional soccer player, and Andy said he knew it was a guy who did a podcast about for goalie, for soccer goalies. Not even about soccer, like, goalie. Like, that just seems like a little too niche so, for me. So, but that's okay, honestly. Being super niche is really good. So I was just at a podcasting Seven conference. loyal listeners. I was just at a podcasting <laughs> conference in Orlando where uh, the head guy at Libsyn, Libsyn is this hosting company that's the oldest, most prolific in, in the world. So they have all these different shows that they can choose from. The guy was looking for shows that were outperforming Libsyn's own you know, sponsored podcast, and one of them that was giving getting like a thousand, fifteen hundred some downloads per episode was, I shit you not, breeding chameleons. <laughs> not just owning chameleons, breeding chameleons. So if you think your topic is too niche, not true, not true at all. Like, you, wait, you talking about how to breed them, or you listen to them breeding? <laughs> I didn't get that far into it. It might have been the second one. Who knows? <laughs> I can see them being <laughs> Hey, on that note, just remember, this is the internet. There's an audience for everything, <laughs> and there's no censors. You had a question back there? Yeah. Um, I don't have a podcast. I'm not involved in podcasts. I just came to uh, support my people. Steve. Yeah. Um, but I do got You're from Australia. You're the Australian person. <laughs> I, I used to live in your district. I got gentrified out. <laughs> Shane, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm, I'm on these John Daly. Uh, my question to you is why, why did I ever join a podcast network? Is it that mm. uh, somebody ready to pay me $100,000 that's the fee? Nah, for us, man, like, we've had a couple offers from networks. Um, when we first started, I, well, I have a philosophy that, for the most part, people aren't going to be willing to do something for you you can't do for yourself. So most of the most of the time when you get offered something, it's something you already are doing. So it's like, we can help produce your show. I'm producing my show. I already know how to do it. Like, um, well, we can get you advertisers. We're getting our own advertisers. So very rarely in this industry do you have people reach out to you that truly like altruistically like a spotify or something saying hey we want to buy this show most of the time it's kind of like we want to use the fact that you've already done this work to then put your name on our thing i was talking to an advertising company yesterday and um first of all we were supposed to have a call the day before and the guy missed the call already red flag 
And then the second day, uh, when I was talking to him, he didn't seem to know that much about our show. I was like, oh, God, one of these. But his whole thing was like, he basically wants to put our name on a website to say, look at these podcasts. that I." And it's like, that doesn't do anything for me. Now, it doesn't hurt me either. Like, if he wants to go out and try to get advertisers on our behalf using our name, that's fine. But I'm not counting on that. So for me, I think the reason we haven't joined a network and stuff is none of the offers have been good enough to make us do it. But if somebody was throwing that kind of like real money at us, we do it. Like, yeah, you know, and plus what we talk about is kind of controversial. We're talking about race. We're talking about politics. We're talking like we're not the show to just, you know, for everyone. So since you're, we're willing to do that, sometimes we're canceling out large swath of members that could uh, possibly uh, or large swaths of listeners that might not want to deal with it. So right, we probably got time for two more questions. I've used a lot of video content to kind of promote new episodes, and that seems to be what people engage with the most. Anybody who wants to answer this can answer this. So it usually gets a lot of uh, fervor and buzz before I release an episode. People get excited, they interact with it, share their opinions or thoughts. And I've always been poised with the question is, you guys should record this live and post this on YouTube and have kind of on two different platforms. And ultimately, as a podcaster, the goal is as many downloads and streams as quantifiably to see how many people you've reached. I feel like, personally, I can be way off, and I kind of want your respective positions on this. If I were to take that same content and add it in video form, wouldn't I be celebrating my own listeners? No. Because why would you listen and go watch the same thing you just listened to as the exact same content? We do our show live every day on this platform called Crowdcast. Mm-hmm. Is it, is and it's, it's No, it's basically two different audiences. Yes. Like, you have, you have your people who love video content, YouTube, uh, mm-hmm. Instagram, yes, stuff same. like that. Those... Those aren't the same people. Mm-mm. So some of them people, some people can watch us live and they just, that's, that's all that's they, they do. do. Like, they like, we're like, you know, they weren't there live, they didn't see it. And then there's other people that watch us live and they're such super fans, they then go listen to the podcast, which I don't know how they do that. But they do it. And then um, you have the people that get your, yeah, they love playing the game. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So we also are very fan interactive. So if you have a video element and you're getting fan interaction there, I would advise you to to capitalize on that interaction, and if they're not coming over to the podcast, get them to come over to the podcast. One of the things we do, we play games with our audience. The audience can participate live, and then so now we have a live listeners, and then they want to go back later and be like, "Oh my God, I remember when I played that game." So that kind of stuff, like that's try to combine it into one thing, but understand you're not hurting yourself. That's another leg of promotion. Right. What you're doing, if I could add on to that, is just opening yourself up to different audiences, right? And again, the media industry is so niche these days. There's a million different places to listen to a podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, whatever. So as a podcaster, you want to be in as many of these different places as possible so that your end listener doesn't have to go anywhere to listen to you. Like if I'm only on Spotify and your podcast is on SoundCloud, I'm probably not going to download SoundCloud just to listen to it. Mm -hmm. So if I'm the type of listener that wants video, that loves video in their podcast, then I appreciate that you're going to put video in your podcast because that's how I like to consume my content. And it's not that I wouldn't listen if there wasn't any video, but now that if there is video, that says you're reaching out to me. It's still your same content, but you're reaching different podcasts. I don't want to think back too long because I know other people have other questions, so I'll kind of make my part B question very quick. Uh, when recording video content, do you feel like it's going to change the product as opposed to when we record, I like to clean some things up, take some things out, take out the lulls, the ums, the pauses, and give like a clean, finished, streamlined product. Mm. I feel like that doesn't exist if I do it with video. Then. You're doing too much. Yes, yeah. you are, no, baby. That's yeah, too that. much. But you, you know, know, you know what, you want, what you want it to sound like when you want it to come out. Ultimately, I'm putting out what, how I want it. So. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think, I'm I think being, the whole thing we all talk about being authentic, I think that 
Um, we use Facebook Live some. Um, we toy with it. It has not heard our, our downloads on any particular episode, but we'll Facebook Live, we'll get questions that people ask, and we'll ask them in real time, or we'll talk about it in real time, so it is more interactive. People feel like they're a part of the show. Um, it brings in all of our Facebook followers and or Twitter followers or whatever um, that might have not been aware of the show. So I think it's helped us expand our audience, and it hasn't really hurt the downloads. We also do, we'll do uh, piecemeal. Let's say there's a, a race going on where three people are running. We'll interview those three people individually and Facebook Live each one individually. And then some people will see one, some people will see another. They'll want to tune in and hear the whole episode. We might say, and then for the end of the episode, we've got this interview we recorded yesterday with so-and-so. And, and you're not going to be able to see that on Facebook Live, so you have to go and download it. So have something that's unique to the video content and say, you might have watched this, but if you want to listen to the whole thing, you've got to come in on the audio side. But for us, it hasn't hurt us. And... And honestly, I don't think you need to worry about the ums or the ahs or the pauses or whatever because that's not what real conversations are like. They're not perfectly edited, and that authenticity, you're not going to sound you know, perfectly crisp every time, but that's not the point, I don't think. Also, that shit sounds weird. Like, yes, it does. Whenever you listen to somebody that's done hyper-edited their podcast, they don't sound like people anymore. They sound like robots. robots. So um, there's bits on our show that we don't do on purpose, but it happens when you're live. Like we read a headline or something, it's like sounds crazy, and we may do something like have radio silence for 30 seconds. As me and Karen are like, "What the hell just happened?" And and that's something that I'm sure a radio person, a podcast person, would take that out. You know, but the audience is like, "Oh my god, I was crying. I thought the show turned off." You know, and, and you know, so I think I think you have to be organic, and you can only get that by being experimental, being authentic. But if you you're also making a ton of work. work. Yes, a lot. If you're taking of work. ums and pauses out, you you're just looking at your files like, take this out, take that out. It's it's just not it's not fruitful for the amount of work you're putting. I will say there's a little bit of risk. We had somebody on, and at some point, we, thankfully we're not Facebook living this. At some point, I said, yeah, and your husband does X and Y and Z and whatever. We start talking about her husband, and like it was kind of weird. And at the end of the episode, she was like, we split up. Oh, you should have left that in. Oh, <laughs> oh. She was like, I didn't know what to do, whatever. I'm like, we'll cut the whole part. Like, oh. So, like, oh. if we had been Facebook live, that would have been really, 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 really weird. But I was like, yeah, you know, your husband is involved Freak in this out. world, too, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, being kind of awkward about this. <laughs> like, yeah, we just, like, got separated two weeks ago. Or was an exchange student. That was great. <laughs> So we have a guy that um, we have a guy in California named Eric Romer that reached out to us a long time ago about Bevel and stuff, and he was like, uh, I, "If I can work on your behalf and like secure sponsors for you for a percentage um, of whatever I bring," um, I said, "Sure." Like, so he started doing that. There's also companies like Midroll, um, which has a website. You can go there. You can apply. Uh, just you fill out a form with your information about how many downloads you're getting how often you're doing it, the subject matter of the show, and then they email you back. There's another one called Pi Digital, and there's there's more than one company like this. There's also um, 
like some of these companies like like a Libsyn will actually have programs for you to mo- like to place ads in your show mm-hmm. um but once again you have to like apply for a certain you have to have a certain amount Libsyn yeah L-I-B S-Y-N and that's not they're not the only host that does mm-hmm. stuff like that there's there's several of them so yeah just, I would probably just like Google podcast ads or something like that and then just kind of see the companies out there and put some fillers out so I appreciate everybody that came out appreciate our panelists I think uh, we've got a little bit of time to hang out and, uh, and Mingler, if you've got any questions, you don't want to pull it out in front of everybody. If you want to ask any of us, you can. Is there anything you want to say to close us out? Yes. Yeah, so first and foremost, can we give them a round of applause? I feel like, I, I know some of you may or may not have been to our last two, but I feel like this one we could keep going for like a while. Um, so I just want to remind everyone they will be here afterwards. So please mix and mingle. We have this space till 8. Um, and then once it's done, please stay. A2O's awesome space for those of y'all that haven't been here. I know I've already got like the menu items. I'm trying to get the collie balls and some of their frites and dips, their s'mores dip. Um, so also thank you to, to A2O. My notes disappeared. Um, also, there is a secret library. If you haven't been here before, you should try to find it, um, as well as karaoke. So get wild. Um, but thank you again. Don't forget. Mix, mingle. We have some swag out on the table as well. Um, and once again, round of But also, if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, don't try to talk to us. Thank you again. Round of applause. And please stick around.